Everybody and welcome to episode seventy-seven of Do You Expect Us Talk? I'm your host Becca, and joining me as always is Dave Bond and Chris Burn. How are you? Hello, Bat fans. Good evening, folks. See, I was going to open with "Hello, Bat fans," but then I would go into "Hey, Rap fans." So, yeah. If you don't remember Rolling Rap from the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, then <laughs> nuts to you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in America and had no way to see it, fuck off. <laughs> If you aren't in the UK during your childhood, then, well, anyway, moving on. This time, we begin our descent into the Batcave with our amazing review of Batman, okay, Batman 1989. Yeah, okay, now we have to, like, give an amazing review now. I never have felt so much pressure. <laughs> our amazing review of what you think, it's all right. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Although this movie was very dark, also visually and also thematically. Um, but it's a bit of a amongst the kind of bat fan community. I know some people claim it as a kind of marmite movie a little bit. Some think it is the most important Batman movie of you know the um, certainly before Nolan, um, and others are like <laughs> ridiculous, you know, and a lot of Burton bashing. But we'll find yeah. out which camp we sit in. Yeah, it should be it should be interesting because uh, it, it was a huge film at the time. Like I, I mean, I, I remember it clearly when um, I was at school, and it was like the film. It was like we had all the the sticker books, and you know, we, and we collect all the the cards and the stickers, whatever. And we can kind of like get an idea what the film was like just through that alone. But um, it it was everywhere. It was like absolutely huge. I don't, I don't know if it, um, what it was like for you, Dave. When the the only film in my lifetime that matches this pre release hype, I think, would be the Phantom Menace. I would go yeah. that far. That, that that was never. I mean, when it was first announced, there was a little bit of skepticism because of the sixty series and all the rest of it. But that marketing campaign with just the the sort of yellow ellipse, the bat symbol, uh, was just genius. And and you know, I, I remember watching a, a boxing match and the guy had the bat symbol fucking shaved into the side of his head. It was. Wow. I mean, it looked ridiculous, but I mean, it was everywhere. This film and there was so much hype around it. In this country, what added to that was it was one of the earliest 12 rated films. Um, now, 
it wasn't the first. I think in this country the abyss might have been first, but it was right. it, it was one of the earliest, which meant that like just around my age group. I mean, I was coming up on th- I was old enough to see it just about, but that that just put it a little bit behind a wall for some of my age group as well. So yeah, I I can never quite remember a film like this. The first time we saw the everyone had seen the TV series. The first time we saw the Batmobile. That you know, completely different from the '60s series. The first time we saw him dressed all in black, again, completely different from the from the series that had come before. Tim Burton's first film after Beetlejuice, which had been quite a breakout film and it, and had got an awful lot of buzz and word of mouth pre-internet. I cannot think of another film apart from The Phantom Menace in my lifetime that has ever drawn this much excitement, hype. And, and in that regard, it is one of the most important, if not the most important superhero film ever made. I was going to say, in terms of just the hype surrounding it, I think the closest thing I can sort of think to is like, for example, the Star Wars films. It's almost as, as big as that you know, entire series that, that we had so far up to, up to that point, up to 1989. Um, but I, I would yeah, also argue that it's probably one of the most, if not the most important Kind of I mean, the other the other thing I would quickly add to that is uh, it was also in a notoriously packed summer. Now we're used to that. Now we're used to a, you know a dozen films across the summer that really stand out and are expected to do really well. Uh, but back then that wasn't the way of things. You know, we used to have one to three screen cinemas, and you know the films would dominate for for year for months. I mean, I mm. remember Crocodile Dundee was at my local cinema a couple of years before for six months. I remember seeing on the banner outside 26th week. Wow. Um, yeah, so... I, I remember seeing uh, Last Crusade, uh, which was this year. That was one of the films, wasn't it? Um, yes. On, yeah. um, on on my birthday, which would have been uh, early August. August yeah. And that came out, was it end of June? So... Yeah, I think it might have been very early July. So I could it, look it up. I remember at the time, but yeah, it was before so, this. So for a big film, I suppose these days it's still feasible, but by then, realistically, you, you would have to be down to like one, maybe two screenings, depending how successful it was. Uh, and given like the the amount of film new films are out. So uh, yeah, I yes. did just speak to the fact that they tend to play longer Four back those days. Later. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, and But I mean, they did, just didn't have the room for the number of releases. Now, admittedly, if you live in a, a region where there's a 15, 20 screen cinema, 12 screen cinema, whatever it might be. Yes, some of these films are showing on several of them. But trust me, there are more options than you would have got in the 80s. Um, and I know people go back further than me and can speak of, you know, one film show in a week and all the rest of it. I know all of that. But this film really just grabbed. Uh, it was at the sort of apex of a summer that included um, a Bond film, which really suffered mm. because of this summer, Ghostbusters 2. Um, we had the third Indiana Jones film, which was just massive in terms of hype. What else did we have in 89? Lethal back, Weapon back 2. Back to the Future 2. License to Kill. Back to the Future 2, yeah. Lots of it, yeah. So... Little Mermaid. <laughs> the... Harry Met Sally. Oh, I love when Harry Met Sally, but I doubt but... that was... Um... Yeah, okay. But in terms of huge sort of big ticket things, that's already <laughs> no. a big summer from this for, for mm. this era. It just yeah. is. And and Batman was right at the forefront of it. Yeah. So yeah, this film was just massive. And the thing is, those of you listening who maybe are a bit younger than us and say remember the Dark Knight, 
Well, the Dark Knight pound for pound was more successful. It was. But in terms of hype, capturing the zeitgeist, I promise you it isn't nostalgia speaking. Batman 89 was just a bigger film in every way. I think that comes across in the film. Where, I mean, we'll get to it when we when we talk more about how we feel. But it was just it was just like an event. I felt what that kind of the film itself was. It just had this big sort of even like the trailer. I mean, you watch the um, the the old trailer these days. I mean, it gives away it gives away half the film. But it it's, it pretty much like shows like large chunks of scenes that you don't normally get these days. And and it was just so so much. So everyone's just so excited for it that they, I think, that kind of blended into its success. That they were just like it was just Batman. Everyone's just excited to see Batman on screen. You uh, had to see this film in much yeah. the same way that you had to see the Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. there's at least one. I mean, those of you who've got like Cineworld type passes or the Odeon equivalent, maybe you do see everything. But for the average cinema goer, even a very keen cinema goer, there's one or two big ticket items each year you probably didn't see on first run. Maybe you saw it on like a rip or when it comes to TV or whatever. Um, Batman was one of those films. You saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, but it, but, okay, I was, I was, but you I was, were seven. Uh, yeah, I, I was too young at the time. But I remember there was so much hype around the film that I remember my first viewing of this film was watching it on a broken TV. Like, how insane is that? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, excited. excited. I, I, I managed to have, like, get a, a VHS of it, like, or, or borrow it or rent it or something. I can't remember. And Or someone brought, brought one in. And mm. I remember just what, like, oh, okay, well, the TV's broken. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just. That what, doesn't matter. I'll, just shove it on. I'll just listen to the audio and, and kind of try and make out, like, the, the brief. Uh... You're that desperate to see <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, that, that was my first viewing of it. So, obviously, I've seen it a lot more, ta- many more times since. Uh, it was just it was just that popular like amongst school we all kind of like talked about um, what what happened in the film that for anyone who had seen it uh, it was just one it was just the big talking point it was like the, the cool thing to have like one of those sticker books it it was like it was absolutely huge. Before we go any further, Becca, tell us who's in this film. Starring, if you hadn't realised, no, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson. Kim Basinger, that's how I'm going to pronounce her name, Billy D. Williams, and Michael Goff, who will eternally be Alfred. So, sorry. Sorry, Michael Caine. Sorry, Michael Caine, you're a legend. Sorry, Jeremy Irons. Sorry, Ray uh, Fiennes in the animated series and in the games. Or as honest traders call him, my cocaine. <laughs> as much as I love as much as much I love him, he's, yeah, it always belongs to Michael Goff. Anyway, with a score by Danny Elfman, the script by Sam Hamm and... Warren Scarron, another name I can't pronounce, and directed by Tim Burton. Okay, and released in April, August 1989. Yeah, summer so 1989. Actually, I've got a release date of June in the United States in front of me here, but we got it in August. Yeah. That, in June, that's that, that was the time where um, films... <laughs> films that took time as well so you didn't have like the internet of spoiling everything so you kind of get away with that I mean like yeah no I think it was very early days of you know the internet so it had been created but it was very very early days of the WWW um, I think my first uh, when I think of my there's four things I remember in the build up to this film the first thing I remember is that poster and when you look at it now it's always got Batman written underneath and the names of the crew and all the rest of it the original release of that poster was literally just the logo nothing else um 
the second thing I remember is the first time I saw Batman and he was like in black and looked all muscled and stuff, which is just not what we were used to. No, you don't see anything like it. No, and we hadn't. And the next thing I remember was seeing the Batsmobile itself, which was just blindingly brilliant at the time. Um, and the final thing I remember, which I just don't know how this got traction pre-internet, that when you think of the complaints about Heath Ledger playing the Joker, the complaints about Batfleck, the complaints we've had about countless casting decisions over the years, the granddaddy of them all is Michael Keaton cast as Batman. This was just such... A, I, I do wonder if this would have damaged the film if it were now, because it was well, just... Michael such, Keaton now playing Batman. That <laughs> <laughs> well, probably doesn't happen now. It was just, yeah, but you know what I mean. That yeah. the reaction to it was just. Uh, well, he was best known for like comedy actor, wasn't he? So, yeah. and this is like his first quote unquote serious. Yeah, you know. and it was just, what are you doing now? Of course, that didn't have the internet to get traction. I don't no. join in any of that stuff now. When it's like, oh, they've cast him. That's fucking bollocks. Well, <laughs> I never do any of that now because I've been proved wrong too many times. Uh, I never joined in, actually. I don't ever remember having an opinion on Keaton. But every time I've thought, yeah, that might not work, I don't know. Largely speaking, more often than not, we're proven that, yeah, that actually they were right. They knew what they were doing. Uh, but Michael Keaton was a hugely controversial decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I'm too young to remember that. Um that being a thing, but I can only sort of imagine it being, like, in, in retrospect, from what he did previously. And I think just go go back on, on those things. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I can to I can to take a more uh, well, let's just see approach because I mean, like for the, like a more recent example. I mean, maybe not to that degree. I mean, personally, uh, the the person who the cast for the Han Solo. I'm like, I really don't see that him as good as actor he is as the young uh, as a young Harrison Ford I just don't want to see it and the internet will be full of pictures of somebody who looks a bit more like Harrison Ford did at that age probably but then which it, you but then the again point, really. but then yeah, it, yeah but then again I, I don't know he, he could be great in the role you know I could be like oh my god that's what they're doing all that well we, we've lived we've lived through Daniel Craig yeah. we've lived through um we've people lived who through don't look like Ian Fleming's description of Bond We've lived through loads of this over the years now, um, and everyone's got an opinion. And I love the fact that the internet opens up the opportunity for people to have this and discuss. But it, it has polarized the world a lot more now that opinions are absolute. And the fact is, I, I probably, knowing what I know now um, of the of Michael Keaton as an actor and everything else, how do you put me back in nineteen eighty nine? At the age I am now, I think I'd have been sceptical too. But uh, this film, of, all, of any problems this film have, Michael Keaton's not really one of them. No, he's, he's not. I mean, he's actually rather good in this, really. I mean, I, I, I generally think the, the people who are in this are, 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 pretty, are pretty good. I think that's not what the problems are. Um, for, for people who actually know me and my opinions on on the and stuff, it usually comes down to story, and not much has changed here. I think the problems that lie in this film is down to the script um, and how a little bit unfulfilling it is in general. Um, but in terms of everything else, in terms of set design, uh, it, it looks awesome even today. It looks like a comic book. Uh, I I think maybe some of the action maybe is a little bit 
okay. Um, the budget. I uh, there's there's some uh, crowd scene, should we say that look, that felt a little bit of that or the attitude. Twelve people. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks very stagey, but it given the time and given the context and it's a it does look very stylish. It, it, it's a, it's a comic book film. I kind of let it go because it's not you know it, I can almost add to the charm and the aesthetic of a comic book anyway. Um, and the performances are, are are pretty well done, really. I mean, I, I you know there is I think. The flaws are in the story, um, ultimately. But then that doesn't. I feel a little bit about this. Not literally. I don't think I put them. I don't think that I give them parity per se. But I feel a little bit about this the way I do about Superman Returns. In that, if you go back to our Superman Returns review, I was arguing that that they spent so long arguing over tone. That I think they forgot the other elements. That they they were so self congratulatory when they decided that let's let's basically update the Donna the Donna film. That actually the story's not that good. The action's not that good. And I think the same's true here. That the big selling point of this film, and the big sort of historic break with the past, was that they went with a gothic and darker aesthetic, and that was a huge thing at the time. When you watch it now. The third act in particular is an absolute, utter, made-up-on-the-spot mess. Yeah, you can tell it descends quite quickly. And actually, I think I'm going to be kinder to next week's film, which is quite controversial in itself. But I will never, ever knock the importance of this film. I I don't think... Even though it took a long time to get sort of comic book movies going as we've got now, it had been 11 years since Superman. The previous Superman film had been terrible and cheap. This was risky. And to, to, to get someone like um, Tim Burton involved, incredibly risky, if you looked at his, his career record to this date. Um, and what they've produced paved the way for people to come in and actually author these films, to come in and actually put their visual stamp on them. Well, no, I was just going to say that I agree that there's a lot you know, to people at stake at that. I think, well, for example, like, had Beetlejuice, had Beetlejuice not been the hit that it was, you know, we perhaps wouldn't have got had that combination of like Burton um, and Michael Keaton again. So, you know, I think that's had, definitely had a big impact on it. So, yeah, so you, do you, do you, where do you stand on the Matmans generally? Do you, are you a, a Keaton per, um, person, Becca, or are you a, a Bale or Batfleck? Or George. Or West? <laughs> or West, yeah. Well, I'll say Or Val Are you a Val gal? <laughs> <laughs> or do you stand with gorgeous George? Um... Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of my knowledge about Batman sort of comes from sort of seeing the '60s Adam West series on TV, um, when you know whenever it was repeated, and also through The Simpsons, which I'll mention a couple of times throughout this review, um, as obviously the shows kind of like came at a similar sort of time, you know, towards the end of end of the '80s, early '90s, um, and also you've got like Batman and, and all the rest of it as well. Um, but yeah, I sort of the films that I kind of see, remember seeing at the cinema were obviously. Um, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, and obviously all the all the Nolan Batman films, um, and that's yeah, that's that's my kind of entrance to it really um, through like unfortunately like George Clooney and Val Kilmer, and <laughs> I kind of feel that like I I do realise like the importance of it because perhaps I kind of I joined the series a bit you know kind of not as early on as I was able to sadly being five in nineteen eighty nine. I kind of feel that, you know, I do appreciate his importance, but like, for example, I'm 
I do love the look and feel of this film, but I'm, I probably tend to prefer Batman Returns. And I know, like a lot of people, that it's quite a controversial movie for some. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, just because, I mean, you've got like, um, or Chris Walken, for example, who I'm a massive fan of. And I think the whole, even though they're still very much a sort of a very typical timber and stamp on that film with a gothic look and feel um, of the city and the characters, I think it's more accessible to somebody like me who's perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think newcomer is, is yeah, the right word, you, but it's... you see it as a Burton film rather than uh, yeah, yeah, rather than a Batman film. And, and I, I, th- do. I, t- I tend, yeah. I tend to look at it through that, through that prism. And, and and I think that's kind of where those people. I mean, the the thing is with uh, Batman Returns is is actually a better film. But, mm. but the thing is, it's more of a Tim Burton film than a Batman yeah, film. Yeah, rather than a Batman movie. And like, I, I think like, that's kind of where... No, sorry, the, go ahead. No, I was just saying that, that that's, that's where fans are coming from. It's like, they, when they get to this, the film isn't... I, I don't think the film is great, but... But I don't a, think the film was important. I, that's the funny thing. I don't think... As long as the end result wasn't terrible, it, it didn't matter. It's what this film represents more than anything else. Batman Returns was Tim Burton making the film he wanted to make. Exactly. I would say this. Uh, I, I'd say this isn't a good film, but it's a great movie. Uh, I yeah. Think, I think that's where I kind of draw line. Like as an actual uh, thing, you can analyze and say and and, and put in subtext and and try and understand the, the even the plot itself. It, you know, you got characters who like don't really add anything to the story whatsoever, um, but they're just kind of like there. Uh, like Harvey Dent, even the commissioner, you know, it's like, well, what's really the the point? Yeah, the really commissioner's badly Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. And you've got somebody like Billy D. Williams, and you've got, you know, these sort of really big characters who, who loom large in, in Batman Law, and they're really poorly served by this this film, certainly at, at this early stage. Um, and it's just like, what's what's the point? But yeah, no, I, like with, with this film, for example, for me, it's all about like the style and aesthetics um, and, the, you know, the visual style of it and sort of the art, you know, the art. Of, of this film is probably more prominent to me than like the plot or the story. But no, I would agree that it's just all about the look of the end of this film. It was an acknowledgement as well that comic books had changed. Now, I'm not a comic book expert, so there'll be particularly Batman fans and, and comic book fans in general who listen to this who will probably shake their head at our lack of knowledge. But um, I think back in 86, you had the Man of Steel, John Byrne series, which is kind of, rebooted Superman's origins and downpowered him a bit. But also around that time, you had The Dark Knight Returns, which is the Frank Miller comic book, which I genuinely think is the most overrated comic book I've ever seen. It, it's far from my favourite Batman, but it, it got a 55-year-old Batman, I think he was at that stage, coming out of retirement, almost having an internal monologue with him beforehand, with Batman in his head beforehand. And being this nasty, vengeful, dark character, but Frank Miller, you know, did all the artwork himself, and it's awful. Um, and I just think, you know, that there's dark, and there's just giving us an anti-hero to a degree that we can't identify with him at all. It's typical Frank Miller, to be honest with you, just not likable and a misanthropic view of the entire world. But it was vitally important. It gave us a darker take. Or rather, it popularised a darker take. I think that darker take had existed. But you didn't have, like, Batman and Robin on the moon fighting somebody. <laughs> yeah, no. you, know, you, you, had, um, you had a real dark, serious story with conflict and 
a, a central character in Batman who was conflicted and pained and never found any degree of peace. And this film does reflect a lot of that. Now, I don't think Tim Burton was a comic book guy particularly, but it was important to get some of that on the big screen because all of us in 1988 would have thought as Batman as, as Adam West unless we were seriously into the comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was all sorts of people like, for the you know, if you look on IMDb, it says things like Bill Murray and Mel Gibson. I, and... I, I know someone, I know a certain someone was offered the role and turned it down and it blows my mind. Right, well, he, he actually, what, you actually personally knew someone? No. <laughs> what made you talk? He said no. He said I prefer working at the you know car wreckers. Um, no. Business going to pick up anytime soon now. Turning down this role, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, luckily I haven't got a fun fact about that, but I, was I can't say, yeah, Bros- see that at all. I really can't. I can see him playing Bruce Wayne. I cannot see him playing Batman, and I can't see him doing an American accent actually. <laughs> But then could you see someone, you know, George Clooney or Andy Val Kilmer, for example? Or George even... Clooney seemed perfect when he was announced. I was or quite even happy. like Ben Affleck, for example, you know. It's... Yeah, see, when we get to the DC universe, which post-Wonder Woman we will, Yeah. Um, I think that's now earned its its chance. Um, I actually was one of the few defending Ben Affleck. I actually thought he was fucking perfect as a choice. Um, we'll talk about how he did in the role in quite a long time. It's going to be a long time before we get to the, the DC universe, but we will yeah. talk about it one day. There, there is a sneak peek there, of that opinion if you want to uh, go on my podcast we did like a year ago. <laughs> but, yes, yeah. yes, we did discuss Batman versus Superman. My opinion has changed very slightly, not on the film, but on him. Um, not necessarily particularly positive or negative, just a little bit more nuanced, but um, certainly I was very pro most of the actors they've cast for this over the years. The end result has often been terrible, but I mean, Affleck, I mean, sorry, Clooney was bloody awful in the role. But when they named him post Dust, Dust from Dust Till Dawn, I thought, yeah, I could see that. Um, I think that's what it's literally off the back of that, wasn't it? Rather than, yeah, it was. Someone, someone, uh, someone got a still of him in from Dust Till Dawn and, yeah, do. on him and went, look yeah. at that. And they were like, perfect. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, this this was really, really odd casting, but there were other options that were equally odd. I can't see Bill Murray playing Batman. I, but yeah. then said, that would have been very strange. He has played world-weary over the years. I, I could see, funnily enough, if you go and look at something like The Dark Knight Returns, Bill Murray could sort of do that. But It's, it's kind of more in a slightly kind of more um, like sardonic and just like, whereas with with a character like Bruce Wayne and Batman, it's kind of more introverted or weariness, if that makes sense. Well, it, so is, based on, it is based on this take. Yeah, but I've, no, I've read plenty of Batman over the years where... He just doesn't care. He's like, Bruce Wayne, the character, has, has played the playboy. We see a mm. little bit of that in the um, Nolan films. It's a bit of an act. They'll pretend to be drinking alcohol and they'll be pretending to have fucking affairs and threesomes and God knows what else. Uh, and various takes on Bruce Wayne have had him been a bit of a ladies' man. But certainly he's not a drinker and he does stay fit and a lot of it is an act. And I do think we do miss that in this performance. But I really like Michael Keaton's take on Batman because his voice is subtly different. 
he just doesn't say much. He just sort of he just he just sounds gruff and just like brooding. Well, yeah, but suit. it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound ridiculous, does it? Well, no, because he, he sometimes Christian Bale can sound a bit like hello, and that's to me that does sound a little bit ridiculous. I think Christian but, um, Bale sounds fucking stupid in the role. <laughs> it sounds like he's got one of his mouthpieces. I, I, I really, I'll be quite kind to on balance the Nolan films, and a couple of them I think are brilliant, but I've never liked the Bale Batman. I quite like the way he moves, but as soon as he opens his mouth, it's like, oh, fuck. The, the, the problem is they get away with the fir- in the first film, well, I think, by you got to film two. You, you think you, I, I would have thought Chris Nolan's like, kicking himself with the uh, <laughs> with, with, with the idea, like, oh, my God, even Snack Snyder got, like, better. Why don't I just make, and create a voice box? Perfect. <laughs> so, by the yeah. time, so by the time we got to um, Dark Knight, he could have a little voice box and no one had any problem whatsoever. <laughs> just be like... Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'd certainly agree with Becca on Alfred. Again, you, you look at a lot of the comic books and the animated series, it's a sword, sort of bald British butler type. But I have to say, there's such a warmth about him here. Um, there have been sort of retcons in recent years where he's an ex-soldier and all the rest of it. I love this take on Alfred. It's absolutely perfect. He, he's kind of like the, the uncle slash father figure who just kind, of, he just kind of like just knows who Bruce Wayne just kind of... I think Indulgent kindness. I, I I think the is is this the first scene he's in is just tells you everything you know perfectly. How he's just like picking up after him before he even knows it. He's like he's he's grabbing exactly. the pen and he's like about to drop the glass and he grabs it just in time. He's always like around just picking up it, picking up certain things. Bruce Wayne um, obviously needs him as well because you know he says, "Oh, you know that Alfred, I wouldn't know where my socks are," for example. And yeah. it's it's a kind of almost you know similar relationship between like Bond and Q, for example. It's kind of sort of like you know they sort of need each other almost. Yeah, but there's no element of creepiness there. I don't think. No, no, no. It's, there's general warmth and affection there, and that, yeah. that's a really, really nice scene. But it, the mm. the dialogue is horribly written because, like, he's telling the story, thinking like, "Well, that's hardly an interesting story." Yeah, you can tell it's probably quite boring. But oh well. <laughs> and, and that was the last time he went horse riding. But but in terms of like it, how it how it feels is just absolutely perfect. It just feels um, it just feels very very warm and kind of like sells. The, that relationship between the two, uh, and to Vicky Vale as well, which I also think is important. Uh, I think Michael Keaton as um, I, I, he does a good job. Whether you agree with like the always oh, just a, a normal guy needs to dress up as a bat to look intimidating, um, whether you agree with that or not, it's down to the decision making of the film. But I I generally do like how Keaton pl- um, plays it. He he does have the essence of a guy who. Is a little bit of a psychopath, but he, you know, but he's at the same time he is conflicted. He's, you know, he's got, he's got issues. He's not knowing how to deal with it. You know, should he sort of tell Vicky about being Batman or not? You know, he he, he doesn't know. He just comes. He just sells it like kind of really sort of straight down the line, which I kind of like. Uh, and I think I don't think you need to go be too adventurous on the first take as Batman as well. I think that that's important as well. No, there's, there's always going to be a degree of safety in this, and that sounds yeah. ridiculous when they've completely reinvented the look, gone for quite sort of um, controversial casting and all the rest of it. But they haven't tried to tell too much story. Um, yeah, but, and, the, but, and then, but then again, smart. along with the controversial casting of, of Keaton, they, they kind of like okay, well, they saved themselves a little bit by giving you exactly who your ideal choice for Joker, you know, by yeah, by, by basically going to Jack come in and play yourself. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, with that, let's discuss this film sequentially. 
where do we start? We start basically with uh, that pre-long Danny Elfman music and the title sequence of going through like the bat symbol of like. Kind of... Yeah. How do we feel about this music? I do love the score. I just think it's one of the most memorable scores I think in movie history, for me. Oh, I'd agree. I just I, I've never settled on an opinion of Danny Elfman because I think he's both like brilliant and a bit laughable at the same time. There's, I think it depends film, which director he's you know working I mean? under. To be honest, yeah. um, generally I do I do like his film scores. Um, obviously, for me, you've got Simpsons style as well. Um, that's a, that's a forms a, a big part of my appreciation for him. Um, but you do get like when he works with some, certain other directors, um, you can just think, oh, really? You know, you can tell mm. it's not. You know, he hasn't had his own creative reign on it. Um, but no, I generally I like the score. Yeah, I mean it. It is iconic, and also it, it kind of like echoes back into the the animated TV series, which I think a lot it was of, used from this. Yeah, it yeah, was taken and, from this. And a lot of like, um, to many scenes as probably like the best take on Batman. Really is, um, and it also also the aesthetic of Gotham as well. You know, from Bert from Burton's universe. Um, yeah, I mean it. it it, it does its job. It's a, it's a really good score. I mean, I, I agree with you, Dave. There are moments in this score where you can sort of like, what's oh, clearly Danny Elfman. And it just feels a little bit, okay, this doesn't feel like it It belongs here. Um, but then when he's doing like the, the typical sort of fanfare stuff, they, uh, it, it, it works really well. One of the orchestrators of, of the score went on to actually do the animated series, Shirley, uh, Shirley Walker. Uh, she dead now, died, died, died in her very early 60s, about 10, 12 years ago. Um, yeah, so that, that that's quite iconic, and it's based on this. It is the Batman theme. It really is. But um, Suck on that, Hans Zimmer, with your <laughs> weird sounds that you can't really... doesn't have an actual theme. <laughs> well, there is a bit of the Dark Knight score that's certainly the Batman from yeah. that era, but... Yeah, I, I do like those scores, but certainly I know, a no. bit like a bit like the Williams Superman theme. You've got this for Batman. Yeah, this came first, almost. I think also the uh, the, t- the TV series kind of helped that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, TV what... series pre- premiered, premiered about three years afterwards, I think. I I I, I, I do wonder though, like. What, when someone mentions Batman, what's the key bit of music that comes to your head? And to be honest with you, it is. It is Alan West one. It is the da 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 Which is depends who you are. There would be a case for this one certainly. If you were to put the Adam West series theme on top of this film, they that they wouldn't go together. It'd be a kind of visual and oral mishmash for me. I would just be like, just have power every punch every every time he kicks or punches. You know, you just think, no, not really. Or, or just like a, a bubble coming up with "can't fucking move" written in it. Uh, <laughs> shit, this rubber's. Well, imagine tight. you go into the back cave and there's massive sprays of shark repellent, <laughs> <laughs> and clearly labelled machines telling you what you think does. We start with a bit of a fake out, don't we? Did any of you think we might be seeing the murder of his parents? Yes, no, it's it very cleverly done. I think. Um, also, I just wonder if there's probably a couple minutes into the scene, um, there's a shot from very high above um just a little offshoot one thing i do like is the use of camera angles in this film you get very lots of um sort of heaven and hell kind of shots from like god perspective and hell perspective i guess i, I can't think what the technical term is um and a lot of other dutch shots as well before it's time um but yeah early on in the scene i think there's you see you know what you think is going to be the murder of, of his parents 
Um, and there's who I'm guessing is Batman kind of just literally comes out and then goes back in again and you see a flutter of a cape. And I wonder if is, is it just it looks animated a little bit. It is. I mean, like, mm, to me, yeah. it, it it looks clearly as I mean, I've not heard the filmmakers talk about it, but to me, yeah, it just like that doesn't look real. <laughs> no, that that really jumped. Out. I mean, it's, it's not it's not a bad thing. I mean, for me, there are other aspects of animation in this film as well. And just being an animation nerd in general, yeah. um, it just it stood out a little bit. I was like, huh, okay, I never noticed that before. It, it does make you wonder: was that a conscientious choice, or was that uh, oh shit? Uh, Which is the budgetary we're, constraints? We're, we're, we'll just draw it on. <laughs> yeah, we'll just draw it on quickly. <laughs> just, uh, the, the the Gotham City designed by Anton first actually killed himself between this and the second film, and yeah, the second film sure. ends up looking quite different. I do love the design. It's basically one street, and it's one street at sort of Pinewood, I think, where they filmed it. So there are yeah, budgetary limitations. Really but they're coming out of the Monarch Theatre. Um, you know, they they are effectively where the whole Crime Alley thing happened. Always wondered mm-hmm. about Crime Alley. Was it called Crime Alley colloquially or actually? And was it named that before or after? Because, frankly, if I was taking my 10-year-old boy from the cinema, I'm not sure I'd wander down Crime Alley. <laughs> you wouldn't want to go down Crime Alley, would you? I mean, no. <laughs> to, to be fair, the, the, the guy does does seem a, a bit of an idiot. <laughs> he's, he's a, a twat, isn't he? <laughs> oh, well, he, he, he looks he, like he, he's he... never been to a city. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, well, clearly he's lost, so he, but that's probably that sort of element of, like, out-of-town folk. Um, there's the element there is like kind of like oh go get a taxi oh taxi oh one new oh well, look at the map and they just look very kind of <laughs> put that away we look like tourists yeah kind of thing it's like well you probably yeah they probably are um, so <laughs> um, yeah I mean you just think okay well you're a fucking idiot but obviously <laughs> uh, they get they get mugged and I was it is ca- given away because they do name each other and it's clearly not Thomas Martha and Bruce. No. Martha! But for a few moments... <laughs> Hang on, we've both got mums! Um, Martha. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, what I kind of liked about the, the muggers, they all look um, really ill-looking and scabby and kind of... They really, really... do. They look... Actually, yeah, thinking... I thought about it tonight. Actually, it looks a bit like drug withdrawal, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the film really wants to go that deep into it, but it, it, obviously they live in the, that kind of like they don't look like they look like homeless people. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah to, to clean water, good food, things like that. You're probably going to look a bit like that. Yeah, probably. It's, it's probably sort of like represent of like how grim Gotham is as a as a, as a city and how like bad the crime is. Uh, so you have like the streets are just filled with these sort of characters. So in yeah, the, the streets are decaying, the people are decaying. Yeah. But I, again, it's like it's, it, the down to the aesthetic as well. Uh, like the, the way people are dressed, it's almost like uh, the first Superman film as well. Everyone's like dressed in that kind of classic 50s kind of... Yeah, you can't really place the era. To, I mean, if, you, if you'd seen this film, say for example, you'd not seen this film before, um, you probably would think it would you know, be the Bruce Wayne... Batman origin story. The film stock would tell me roughly it was shot in the eighties. There's something about it that tells me it's shot in the eighties. Yeah. But they're they're in a lot of sort of nineteen forties style clothing. But then you've got that, that hooker but in you've red, got mod, But you've got modern technology as well. So it is yeah. kind of yeah. timeless. I like it. I do like it. Yeah, you've got the blend of kind of eras, but yeah, it does give it a sort of timeless quality, I agree. Yeah, it's just, it just adds that comic book feel, doesn't it? Um yeah. but um yeah, they they threaten to shoot the kid and uh they they knock the guy out and they run off and then we see that animated Batman like look down which is kind of funny you think you think 
yeah, you could have saved down and, and stopped the crime from happening, Batman, but okay. <laughs> you just let the crime happen and then beat them up. Um, so, they're there, so they're like talking about like, well, I think the film does well. And I think that worked into um, the the hype of the film as well, you know, in terms of like how it, how it plays it as an experience. They, they, they kind of like sort of talking about like the... the 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 bat is like the myth, you know. It's like oh, there's this like, creature at night that's sort of like that's been attacking criminals and kind of like almost like the boogeyman. Um, and you see him come down, which you, you you see now, and you see sort of Batman sort of like come down on his cape, and you, it 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 isn't a very aesthetically pleasing shot, but you can kind of imagine at that time, like the audiences will be going wild over that. Yeah, it's about... quite. It's, it's kind of done very subtly, isn't it? I mean, it's not like very ostentatious, but you can just imagine at the time being like, "Oh my god!" You know. Yeah, we're like, "Oh my god!" There's Batman. Um, it would have been that kind of that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, so basically, he, he he turns up and he, and he beats him up really. But well, he gets shot first to kind of add to that kind of myth of, "Oh my god!" He, he you know bullets bounce off him kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. It's actually that... indestructible. I don't know if that's like. Bruce Wayne basically going like, yeah, come on, shoot me, go on, it'd be great. You can tell people that. So all that rubber, all that rubber thing he wears. Yeah. Deflect bullets. And so... He can't turn his head and he has to kind of bend backwards to look up. No, but, you know, but then he has, then he kicks one of them and sort of picks one up and says like, you know what, tell your friends about me. I'm Batman. That's so cool when he says I'm Batman. I'm like, oh, I'm (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much it. (laughs) Do that again, and I'll have it as my ringtone. All right. <laughs> anyway, you want me saying I'm kinky as your ringtone? <laughs> Fair enough. I'll never get a notification from you. It'll go. <laughs> It'll make that message. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, moving on. So uh, the next scene is uh, probably one of the most pointless characters introduced in the film, uh, Harvey Dent. Uh, it's a basically it's a basically press conference of uh, of uh, Billy, uh, Billy is it Billy D Williams Billy D Williams yeah, yeah. Um, which would have been where he explains that as uh, a district attorney he's not fond of crime which is a contra- <laughs> which, is, which is a controversial view <laughs> never, nobody's ever heard of that before he had such a controversial position yeah but, yeah I don't like why just why why you know have somebody of that stature in this role and you, you see him on because he was, like, was going to be two-faced wasn't he well, I know he was but he just think, oh. and then they decided then, fuck I mean, that he's black so screw that no but Apparently. he did um, he was in um, the, the animated oh, Lego Batman movie didn't he he popped up as a voice actor in that so, so that I, was good I, I guess I mean the, the, the thing is I think uh, like I was going back to criticising the film's script really I think they had loads of ideas for this film and I th- and I think there were there was probably something a lot more feasible in, in the script with it in terms of like what they were going to do and uh, but I think you can kind of see that the story is very bare bones. Well, and a bit it, like and Superman it, and... Returns, there have been countless scripts over the years. I mean, Tom yeah. Mankiewicz wrote one as early as nineteen eighty three. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Did it have giant spiders in it? No, it didn't no. have giant spiders in it. No, did I think it did have Robin in it? But anyway. Yeah, it was going to be one of the Waynes, wasn't it? The yeah, Waynes, uh, yeah. Which which is would have been the wait, wait. for the book. Which I was thinking about this as well, and you, you know, uh, was it about last year? Tim Burton got a got a bit of flack for kind of basically being accused of being racist, not hiring black people in his films. Well, he he hired he hired two um, black actors 
or, or was or at least hired one and was wanting to cast another one into predominantly white roles in his early career. So I just thought that was kind of like amusing kind of kind of thing to point kind of like to point out really. I don't think there's any particular racism in this film, but obviously no. later down the line, Harvey Dent is recast with a white man. Yeah. Well, no, that's well, for another week. Yeah, and not directed by Tim Burton. So. And not directed by Tim Burton. And again, you can't, you can't, whatever you think of those films, you can't blame a director coming in and making his own choices. No, no definitely not. a different not. man playing Batman. Uh, well, let's face it, um, uh, Tommy, Tommy, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is probably a more famous uh, yes. guy to sort of cast, yes. you know, at that time because of what, what's Billy Dee Williams done since Star Wars. Not much. I mean, he was this... in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a Lego big. Lego Batman. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, I know. I guess, I guess. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So we get introduced to uh, him, and he's like, he's been in the, he's in the new uh, district. It's like crimes bad. Crimes bad, yo. And I've yo. got a cigar. Crimes bad, I'm cry. Crimes bad, okay. And then we get introduced to Jack. Uh, Fully enough, played by Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, they kind of give him a bit of a backstory here because I think, as far as I go, as far as I know, like with the comics, you don't with a Joker, you don't really know that much about him. There are versions of a backstory for the Joker, um, okay. but they're not reliable because he tends to be narrating them himself. Fair so enough. it's it's hinted at in the Dark Knight. Do you want to know how I get these scars? He yes. tells the story. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I know, know it, that aspect it, of it. If you, yeah, Chris has just named it. If you want a possible backstory for him, go and read the Killing Joke. Yeah, that's where it came from. But I think they were kind of, they were sort of that was sort of deemed quite, you know, too dark and perhaps not not fitting for this particular film. I think, um, but you know, he kind of has a, I don't know, what, like a real name, I guess. I don't know. Oh, well, he's called Jack Napier in this. Yeah, which is kind of just a bit of a, um, bit of a holding because it's based on kind of like a sort of Jack and Apes old English word sort of thing. Well, I always took that as his real name here. That, that's yeah. what the guy's called. That's his character's got, name, yeah. And he works with Jack Palance's character. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's a funny old thing. The whole, um, I mean, I think that's the one thing the fans object to the most when it comes to this film is he gave Joker the like. He gave uh, him a backstory, and not only that, when when you get to Batman Begins, people are like, "Well, that's not right. The Joker killed his parents," and it's like, "No, that was just Tim Burton's idea for this film." Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess I mean I don't have a problem in terms of hindsight. It's just kind of settled in my psyche that it happened in this film, um, so I'm not too precious about it. Uh, even though I, I kind of like things to be kept traditional, but you can never slide. Yeah, I, I guess for the purpose of of the film, it, it's kind of um, you know in terms in terms of general movie going audience as well at that time. Uh, but you do get a sense that if you're going to do Batman, you, you think, well, he's, he's avenged the death of his parents, he might as well just give up now. What confuses me about this film is you've got Harvey Dent there. Yeah. For no other reason than... It, 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 now we would see that as a definite seeding for a future film. Yeah, yeah right? definitely. But you kill... Spoiler alert, folks. You, they kill off the Joker in the first film, which you think, well... As cinematic universes would go, that doesn't work. So I, I don't think back then they were... I think they probably had their eyes on sequels. But this series just goes for lesser and lesser villains each time. I think the kind of... And the film landscape, I think, has obviously has changed in the last sort of 20, 30 years as well. I mean, 
like now big films like that are going to be sort of tentpole pictures really aren't they whereas perhaps not so much or you know with sort of less emphasis so late 80s early 90s for example I don't know is the honest answer there. This, I mean, with the amount of money this was taken and the and the hype behind it, mm. this will have been effectively a, a temple film. Well, you know, definitely, but it wasn't just kind of put out, you know, with, with the eye of like, making, you know, this was this could very much it could this could have been a standalone film. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. Easily. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So yeah. So that's that's kind of what I mean. Sorry. I know in terms of you know just being made so that you we didn't make get money. a sequence where Alfred sat I mean. down and watched a load of trailers for future films on YouTube. A bit like Batman. <laughs> well, no, you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, there, there's a bit of the Red Hood and the Killing Joke in this. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I mean him falling into the pit as well. I mean, I into the old bat of acid or whatever, whatever the like, chemical is. I mean, that's that always seems when anyone does kind of like uh, a Joker thing is always that element of that he falls into some chemicals. Yeah. Of some description. Yeah. That kind of made him. Um, which is always that that element, in. but uh, they don't feel the need to cover any of this shit. They've got flies fucking in their acid and everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not exactly kept pure, but all right. It gets worse. When we get to Batman and Robin, you get to Mister Freeze's. Uh, oh. Yeah, the worst health and safety in cinema yeah, history. The, yeah, HSE would have a field day. Well, mm. I, I don't know. Have you seen the Batcave in this? He literally just sort of like zooms straight and and, and breaks, and he's literally like. Inches away well, from like flying loose as well. I just I'd be worried about you know animal animal welfare. You know, get the RSPCA in. What what what, what case what case a bat falls down the cave? Falls down a tube down. or something, or you know gets run over. Hi, <laughs> Batman here. A bat's fallen over. I, can, can, <laughs> Which one? Can, can you Becca? Can, can you hit a bat a bat with a car? Can you? Is that possible? I don't know. I've never tried. No, it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't I'm think like it is. Quite low. I don't know. Might run over uh, it. Write to us at uh, expect us to talk at gmail dot com. Can a car hit a bat? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they've got radar, haven't they? That's how they, they can go. Oh, there's carbon moving. Radar. <laughs> <laughs> Are they stealth as well? <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, also tell us who got the government contract to fit these bats with radar. <laughs> got radar. It's, it's, it's I think you've been sonar. Yes. Or, or backdar. <laughs> They've got a Tomy activity centre. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so we get okay, location actually. Yeah. So basically, we get we uh, we meet Jack. Uh, Jack is a is a gangster. Uh, who's uh, yeah. who's nobbing his bo- his boss's wife or he's Jerry Hall? Jerry Hall. Yeah, he's, he's nobbing Jerry Hall. <laughs> he, he, I, I was trying to think of a who, who is that woman. Oh yeah, Jerry Hall. Uh, it's uh, Rupert Murdoch's uh, current wife. <laughs> well, she was with Mick Jagger at this point. Yes, and and she is terrible in this film, and thankfully doesn't have. She's not any... an actress, is she? No. <laughs> no, I think I remember in the nineties she had her own chat show for a little bit, and it really. Was... Beyond terrible, yeah, it literally sank without a trace. Do you know um, when you listen to there, um, there was like no charisma at all? And I mean, I you know I can't talk, but it's just like no. You watched it anyway. You can talk. Do you expect me to talk? Yeah. Uh, right. But no, um, it's just you know yeah, she kind of it was a bit of a bubble, I think, and yeah, she just didn't didn't really cut it as a host. Well, I'm just thinking that I used to listen to the Ricky Gervais podcast with like Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, oh. and Carl Pilkington's Monkey News one week was about this Russian chat show that was hosted by a monkey. 
And I, and I think that's a better idea <laughs> that's than, what's than, amazing. Jerry, than Jerry Hall. <laughs> and a monkey. Yeah. Is that the sequel to Monkey I wonder. I do wonder if she's dubbed, though, because when you hear Jerry Hall talk in real life, she's got quite a thick Texan accent. She doesn't have that in well, this I film. Think, I, think there's a no, few people, I think there's a few people in this film who are kind of who are dubbed, who sound like they're dubbed. I mean, um, the guy who plays Porkins, Eckhart, sounds like he's, yeah. he's dubbed. Yeah. yeah, he sounds a bit different, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, top men. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah, so basically he's, he's not being Jerry Hall and uh <laughs> that no, uh, that that gets established that he's uh basically he's a, a bit of a a a shady character. Uh, we don't get much um hints of jokiness in him though. Uh the only hints are he's got a pack of cards, so there's a bit of a joker motif to him. Yeah. But the other thing is um there's a bit where he's getting ready to go out. I think it's the night they rob Axis Chemicals. And she says, you look fine, or something like that. And there's a long pause before he says, I didn't ask. Yeah. And he's mm. actually quite fucking scary there. That's terrifying. Mm. I think it's, that's, a kind of, that's a brilliance about his performance, because he can flip between totally mental, it, you know, psychotic. and then... It's bizarrely understated for him. But it's oh, yeah, enough to make you go, oh, fuck, yeah, I wouldn't want to piss him off. Yeah, he's no. I mean, some performances, you know, throughout his career have been really out there, as as we know. Um, but he, yeah, there are some aspects of it which are just literally, you can see it bubbling away beneath the surface, and but, yeah, don't mess with you. But I, I guess what the sell is here is to kind of like what's going to make you go into something more the Joker. I mean, yes, we have the 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 cards with you know the Joker in, and you also have him kind of like manically laugh a little bit, like shades a little bit of the Joker. Um, like earlier on, uh, but and also the aesthetic of how he dresses as well. But apart from yeah, that, you see him a bit wearing kind of like your sort of shades of yeah. You don't it's get... sort of very like, kind of like dark purple suit, and then obviously later on you get kind of the more pronounced like purple and the green. Yeah. And... But you don't get much beyond that, other than the fact that while well, he's just yeah, you, you know, you, you you nasty gangster thug fella. Really, you don't sort of like okay, no. he's he's if if something. Traumatic happens to him. He was going to just go. That's the problem. That is the problem with trying to give him an origin because it's then how do you go from one state of affairs to the other? Yeah. When Heath Ledger just wanders in, you accept what he is, and there's no particular backstory to it. He's just this anarchic force of nature. Um, I don't think it particularly damages the film. I mean, this is the first go at mm. doing a proper, relatively big budget, big screen Batman film. They've got. I mean, we, we talk about Heath Ledger now and, and Mark Hamill as well, but there is a lot of... Um, there was Oscar buzz around him at this time, after this film. This was an extremely lauded performance at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, mm, I, definitely. I think once he's actually Joker, um, I I think, he, yeah, he's... He's he's right, rightly so. He's he, arguably on screen anyway. Uh, not counting Mark Hamill. He's, he's probably the more faithful adaptation and does it really, really well. I mean, I know a lot, lot most people are going to say Heath Ledger has got this, their, their, pers- their personal favourite. Well, a lot of people will argue it's, that's not really the Joker, to yeah. be honest. In, in the terms of what we it, what was given to us and how strong that performance was, I don't care if it's the comic book Joker, that's now the Joker to me because mm. it was just such a, such a fresh take on it. I loved it. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this at the time. And I, and I thought, I've always loved Jack Nicholson anyway. Mm. Um, he had a, a really element, or what I kind of really like about Joker is the, fa- is the, fa- is the sheer randomness. Now, um, 
I think Heath Ledger had that, that kind of like, oh, I'll just do anything. But the, 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 yeah, there's, there's really um, there's a real layer of unpredictability to it. Well, yeah, I want to know who the Batman is. Now I don't kill him instead. Yeah. yeah. There, there is like, and I'm, I'm making everything just a joke, but really sick sort of dark sense of sensibility, like just shooting his favourite guy. I mean, we'll get to that later on. But just just for the sake, you know, so there's, there's little elements of about that that's that works really, really well. Um, at this point, um, you've got, um, I, can't, I went to say Porkins. Porkins. <laughs> Eckhart. Got, Eckhart is um, on basically the payroll of this these gangsters. Yeah. So they are able They're all corrupt. to. Yeah. So basically, um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, it's kind of a bit of a double agent because he's being paid by Jack, but he's also being paid by Jack Plant's character. So no, no, it, he's it, able to. He's, no, he's, he's, not, he's not really because he's there working. Because the next scene we are there with um, with Hegar at the, the crime scene, where, basically where they're they're pulling up the, the two guys who, who you saw got beat up before, and uh, we have uh, not Steve Guttenberg. Uh, coming to, yeah, to, not so you as a as a reporter, <laughs> um, yes. kind of like doing. Do, he's, he's like the guy who's like he believes the whole bat bat theory. And um, if you're talking about um, Knox, yes, I fucking hate him in this film. He's a real smarmy sort of character. He reminds me of um, oh, this is gonna happen. I can't remember his name. Um, Lit Lounge, a character from um, Manhunter. That kind of real slimy, kind of obviously impressive oh, yes. kind of thing. Yes, I know what you mean. And just that, that kind of really, you know, slimy, slick kind of Jonah character that you really don't like. But no, I think um, apparently his character is going to be killed off early, but I thought, no, we like him so much, we're going to let him live. He can be in all the sequels. Mm. <laughs> we know how that ended up. He was, gonna, he was basically going to die at the, uh, the parade bit, which. Yes, he was. He was going to be poisoned. He was, yeah. But it, yeah, but but again, it's not a really well fleshed out character. He's just kind of there, and in certain. He elements. just desperately wants to get into not Veronica Lake's pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess he's there as like to kind of like as part a thing to push the story along. But again, I, I don't think the actual character story serves the characters well in this film, uh, generally speaking. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so here we we established that um, Eckhart, yes, he's on the payroll, and uh, he's and Jack has been sent by Grissom to to pay him. They have a little like sort of Barney like sort of like I take my orders from uh, from uh, is from Grissom, not uh, not not you. Yeah, that's right. yeah. so there, there obviously there's a little bit of conflict between the two, and they all think about the future kind of thing. And he, he uh, and then uh, then aren't we at? Don't we? Yeah, don't we? Then meet. Well, we uh, get the party, don't we? No, we 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 actually meet Vicky. We have. Um... Oh, we do. Yeah, she's a uh, she's basically you see her on like National Geographic and stuff. She's been she's been sort of out in Africa taking photographs and stuff. So yeah. She's now she's now come to Gotham because of reports of the bat, and she really likes bat. <laughs> she 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 likes bats. She loves bats. Um, what do we think of Kim Basinger? Because originally this was going to be um, Basinger. Yeah. Is that Channing Sean Connery there? Uh, Kim Brushinger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this yeah, this is going to be uh, what, uh, what's well, what's her name? Oh, uh, Sean Young. Sean Young, yes. Oh. Who? Well, yeah. Sean, you read some really fucking interesting things about Sean Young over the years. She was a bit fucking nuts, but she was cast in this film. Well, the, when she was in, the, I think it was the Boost with James Woods. 
she's super glued his penis to his leg Ooh. and things like that. She's an absolute fruitcake. But anyway, um, she was cast in this film as Vicky Vale, and then she was riding a horse and fell off it and broke like her arm or a hip or something like that. So she was out of it, and they recast it with Kim Basinger just really, really late in the day. Yeah. But then when it came to Batman Returns, she was like turning up fully dressed as Catwoman and things like that, begging to be cast. Yeah. She's absolutely nuts. Uh, and she appears in the special features for this film, which I just find odd. Like nearly 30, well, about 20 years later at the time, she sat in front of the bat symbol doing an interview for a film she wasn't fucking in. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was meant to be Sean Young. Um, I think at the time, because I didn't know the Batman character very well, I think I thought she was like his his Lois Lane, which time has proven not actually to be the case. She's just one of many. Um, I don't have any grips. One of many in a few. I mean, it's only really Catwoman as a mainstay one early, isn't it? In, in no, the... but over the, over the years, yeah, Batman's been romantically linked with a lot of people. I mean, he had a kid with Talia Al Ghul um, in the comic book. So yeah, um, I think she's all right. I think, yeah, I mean, at the time, I had no strong opinions. I watched her tonight. I think they dressed her quite nicely. I think she was all right. That's about all I can say about it, really. Well, again, I think the story doesn't serve her well enough, but to be honest, I think Kim Basinger actually did a really good job. Um, she she looks confident, professional, uh, smart, intelligent uh, female lead. Um, and she has, I don't know, she just has screen presence apart from looking, uh, should we say... Fit, fit. <laughs> She's a fitty. Um, yeah. but, but see, I never thought that when I was younger. When I was like a teenager, yeah, you, I don't well, know if it was post LA confidential, but she's someone that I've gravitated more to as I've got older. I, yeah, I, I mean, she is very striking looking as well. So you think like it's not hard to imagine that like people would turn their heads like when, when she's walking past. Like who's? I tell you that? what, they, I say talk about how they dressed her when they stuck her in that beret. She that was really she looked really cute in that. I yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, she's. Uh, I think she does a really good job. I mean, she, it portrays her as someone who's not like, um, who's not thick. She's 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 smart. I mean, the only, the only thing times when she lets her down where where the film basically just uses her as a damsel in distress, and she's yeah. there to kind of like do stuff on point, you know. Um, yeah, that that sort of disappoints me a little bit. But otherwise, no, I think I wouldn't say she's as memorable as say like Catwoman, for example, who we come to next week. Um, but no, like generally on the whole, yeah, she does really good performance. I think apart from where she's a oh dancing in stress type person, which is yeah. just like oh, really face palm moment. But but otherwise, yeah, she's okay. It's quite an iconic role. Yeah, I, I just well, I think what I kind of gravitated was just I just realised she actually had um, sort of a good screen presence about her, which, which mm, I thought. Definitely. Was. And I'm not sure what how um, Sean Young would have done in this role. It would have been. I think it would have been a completely different. I think Sean Young was strikingly beautiful in her day, but I never thought she was particularly talented. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I can't. I can't see Sean Young doing this. The problem is, but... I, I, I'm normally pretty good at separating the the actor from the sort of yeah character uh, and the filmmaker as well. I don't have a problem watching Roman Polanski films. I don't have a problem watching Woody Allen films. I respect those that do. But I have to admit, every time I see Sean Young, I just think, absolute fucking head case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gets away with it in, like, Blade Runner because she's young. And that's before, like, all the stories take place, if you like. And she's playing a robot. All, all the stories you hear yeah. from her are, like, mid-80s onwards. 
so I just sort of doesn't bother me then. But after that, I just I can't see her without thinking, yeah, she's a bit of a fucking fruit. Loop. Yeah, you, you, you glued someone's penis. To I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big James Woods fan as a man, but even so, that's a bit uncalled for. <laughs> um, she, he ended up having to get a restraining order against her. Um, so yeah, she. There are stories around her. How true they all are, I don't know. So I don't want to impugn her, but certainly I'm kind of glad she's not in this. And I'm certainly glad for reasons we'll get to next week that she's not playing Catwoman. I think she was promised it originally, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, she wanted to play Catwoman. She she heavily... We'll talk about that next week. We'll yeah. talk about Catwoman next week. Uh, so, uh, where, so where are we now? I, yeah. I suppose we go to the party, don't we? Uh, well, I think before that we get um, Jack and... <laughs> I've, got, I've got Jack and Jack. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much, isn't it? It was Jack and Jack yeah. Palance. We get introduced to uh, Grissom Jane by uh, Jack Palance, and I think yeah. it's kind of. But he'll be killed soon, so that'll be like Jack off. Uh, yes. <laughs> Jack, Jack off Jack. Um, yeah. I, I, that's another film entirely. And uh, I, th- I think it's one of the interesting points that I've listened to the commentary, and I think uh, uh, what Tim Burton said it's like it's, it, it, it's very hard. I think what the great thing about casting um, Jack Palance is it's very hard to find someone who'd be convincing as Jack Nicholson's boss. Because Jack Palance he's the only man always who can do it, kind really, of scared he? me. Even yeah. when he played funny, I was like, yeah, you're quite intimidating. He's got quite imposing physical presence, and you always, you know, he just, he's quite magnetic when he's on screen. I'm just thinking, thanks to his performance at the Oscars that year, though, the first time I see him, I, I keep expecting him to drop and do some press-ups. <laughs> I do as yeah. well. <laughs> that is so, so, but that's become so... Um, uh, sort of linked to him. If you haven't seen not familiar it, just, with that, I must go and just, check it just out. Just go and look it up on YouTube. One year at the Oscars, Jack Palance started doing press ups on the stage. Don't give me twenty. Wasn't it a one arm press up as well? It was one arm press ups. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what prompted that. I, I, I think it was, it was a lifetime achievement award or something, and it was like I'm still young. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was something on the lines of saying like I've still got it, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> got what? <laughs> upper arm strength <laughs> I'm not that fucking bothered to be honest with you uh... to, hang on a minute where is it uh... right four decades after his film debut Palance won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor uh, this would have been for um, City Slickers uh, on March 30th 1992 for his performances yeah. uh, stepping on stage to accept the award the actor looked down at five foot seven host Billy Crystal and joked, mimicking one of his lines from the film. Billy Crystal, I crap bigger than him. He then dropped to the floor and demonstrated his ability at age 73 to perform one-handed push-ups. Wow. I didn't mess with him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go online and check that one out, because I'm, yeah, I'm not familiar with that story at all. But yeah, you'll see. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he, he, he is intimidating. He, he just chews scenery as well. I mean, he, he, he's, he's one of those actors who doesn't really play anything else other than Jack Plant's. Uh, you know, he's, no, he just plays himself. It, so it, it's the same with Jack Nicholson as well, isn't it? It's yeah, kind of, it's, as it's we like, said earlier, he's like this in Tango and Cash. He's that kind of like maniacal villain who just sort of talks very unusual and this kind of you know. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, he says, you know, you're my, you know, the whole you're my number one guy thing. They're they're very similar in delivery, actually. They yeah. are. They are. Two Jacks. Have you tried sort of you know listening to this? You know, just turn the visuals off, and you're just listening to the audio. In 2002, he starred in the television movie Living with the Dead, opposite Ted Danson. 
Oh, there's a connection right there. I don't know if he fell <laughs> off his chair, though. Probably not. We need to investigate. All right. <laughs> the, the search for Join Ted Danson. Week, folks, as we investigate, did he fall off his chair? <laughs> the search for Ted Danson falling off his chair. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, not replied to our tweet. Damn you, Ted Danson. Well, he's not going two years later. <laughs> no, he's not good. <laughs> He's that not tweet I got, you know, last March. I better say something about that. He, he's been embargoed because he knows God. <laughs> embargoed. He probably hasn't got off the floor. He probably hurt himself last time. <laughs> well, that's quite a long embargo. Dear, dear. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you've got Jack Palance as his boss and rather an intimidating one. And also they give him big sets, big sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Art Deco kind of. Yeah, yeah it's massive like Deco expanse, isn't it? I mean, you've got the big yeah. mahogany, it kind of... If you obviously watch like Pro in the eighties and nineties and everything, it's that kind of style, isn't it? Yeah. Um, lots of like very sort of curved edges and big massive ugly desk and looking out into the windows. And yeah, I love the style of it as very yeah, it's very like deco gotham, I think. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, yeah, they're basically complaining about Harvey Dent, uh, because he's We yeah. never see. Because he doesn't like crime. Uh, so, so that's it. I don't want that from my district. <laughs> I want a bit more understanding. So, so, so they're kind of worried about like the the, uh, the possible finding finding of evidence. So, uh, so uh, J- uh, Jack Jack Naper suggests, well, I say we re- re- raid the factory and then rob the evidence and say it was vandalism or or or, or something. And he goes, that's a good idea. In fact, I want you to deal with it personally. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I would like to have you, a whole to podcast told, just yeah. dedicated to your impressions. What I would listen to that every week. What what impressions have we got? What Jack Plants and that's it, that's it. <laughs> and all the other ones that you've done throughout the series of this podcast. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. What should... impressions has Chris done? <laughs> we've got some fun ones as well. We've got some like deliveries of you know. <laughs> we'll figure this out offline. There might be a very very Ed... straight script we end up reading. Edward Snowden, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's some Bond ones, I'm sure, and some Sean Connery impressions as well. I'm trying to think what else you've done. Um, oh, Roger Moore doing... Roger Moore, uh, Sanchez. R- uh, Roger Moore doing uh, uh, John McClane. Yeah, that's it. Die Hard, I'll say Die Hard as well. <laughs> Batman, that's funny. So, yeah, um, so he goes off to... Or uh, Batman star Roger Moore. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes off to Axis Chemicals, which I always thought was Ace Chemicals. I don't know if that's just a retrofit or both appear in the Batman universe. Uh, and Eckhart is there kind of waiting. Yeah, we, 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 we kind of, it kind of cuts between that and the party. We get like the, the party that the, the everyone's at. Uh, which looks so much fun. Yeah, it's basically yeah, just a big gambling hall, isn't it, with, with people yeah. drinking al- alcohol. They try and pack quite a large number of people into a teeny tiny room. Yeah, and I, what and what I kind of love how in in this in this universe how uh, Bruce Wayne isn't instantly recognisable. Seeing like the the billionaire Bruce Wayne, <laughs> the... billionaire Playboy, and 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 the, and the investigation that that, that uh, Vicky goes to like later on to discover his oh, his family was murdered, even though that's probably like the first thing will come up at the moment you do any research on him. Yeah. Billionaire <laughs> heir to the Wayne Empire after his parents were, like, tragically shot when he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I suppose for the, in terms of storytelling, um, he kind of gets starstruck by her and doesn't say who he is. And 
and yeah, they introduce each other as, as Bruce Wayne in like the weird room. And Knox wants a grant. Yeah, um, and which it, is meant to be funny. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I, I do kind of. <laughs> well, he does get a grant, doesn't he? Um, he does. I mean, right, I, can, I I do kind of like how uh, unassuming uh, Mark Keaton is in this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a take on Bruce Wayne. I don't yeah. have a problem with it. It's okay. Um. But through this, we have, we uh, uh, Alfred gets like you know picks up the fact that Christopher uh, Gordon's just got wind of some news and is going. Yeah, to the CCTV at a perfect sort of film, yeah. you know, shooting angle in color. Uh, that's uh, Commissioner Gordon being told that there's they've got a tip that there's a raid on Axis Chemicals, which basically they've got from Grissom. Yeah, because this is all a setup because. Um, as Del Boy would put it, um, <laughs> he's, do- he's, do- he's been doinking his bird. <laughs> <laughs> he's not been his wife. Uh... <laughs> so... But, but it, it kind of like makes you think, well, hang on, why are you still employing Eckhart? It's like, you know, you, yeah. you know he's a f- taking money from the mob. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, he's something backhanders. Um, I think it's They're because correct. he's in, I, I, think it, I think because he's in tip-top condition. <laughs> He's a yeah. top man. He, he's a he's the peak of fitness, isn't he? Um, he clearly is. Top man. Is he still around, that guy? No, he's dead. William. Uh, no, he died a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wonder why. Uh, well, well it shot. may not be related to. You know. oh, was it? Shot. We saw it. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> he he died in two thousand and five at the age of fifty-seven. No, not very old. Of pancreatic Ouch. cancer. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, well, happy days. Uh, so he wasn't in happy days. <laughs> no. Hey, <laughs> Mister E. Well, was he in uh, Journey Loves Chatsy though? No, Chatsy was in Journey. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, he's, uh, obviously he's best known for this: Raiders of the Lost Ark and probably Star Wars. Yeah, that's... I would have thought. Loads of other things. Some of it very well known. But uh, those are the three things we all think of. Top men. Yeah. But... And Becca just thinks of top men. And is contractually <laughs> obliged to say it several times. <laughs> I think that's my favourite of his lines. It always makes me laugh. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think Family Guy has a lot to do with it. Is it I... top men? Top men. <laughs> no, um, no, he did um, some audiobooks as well in, in, the, uh, in the 90s as well. So that's kind of where I primarily know him from outside of those big franchise films. So there's a bit of a shootout at Axis Chemicals. Yes, that's an epic uh, shootout, isn't it? Oh, okay, we'll go as far as say epic. <laughs> I think it's quite. An epic <laughs> yeah, it's just like the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It, 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 it reminds me of the works of John Woo, where I. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, it's that the, end, the ending of the, 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 end, the end of the killer, which. <laughs> yeah, it only reminded me of the works of John Woo in that I went, "Ooh, that ain't very good." <laughs> You know, aesthetically, really, in terms of like you know the look of it, the staging, the, the lighting, and the camera angles used as well, yeah. um, just had a, had a strong impact. They look like they're in a Dulux factory. <laughs> what the vats of yeah, like paint? Was it liquid? You know, it's like meant to be a chemical factory, but hmm. we find that Batman is like you know he can he's got all these sort of gas capsules and things like that to you know shroud himself. Yeah, 
he can't move. He can kick and sort of raise his arms up, and that's about it. Yeah, he can't sort of turn his head or and, anything like that. And fire his batarang, and people fall over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but he does the job. He yeah. ends up deflecting a shot back into sort of Napier's face. Not not before just like hanging back while Napier just shoots Eckhart. Yeah, he watches a bit of murder first. (laughs) And and as soon as he's finished his popcorn, he's right in there. I was wondering he doesn't attack anybody with his big points on his back car. I'd never realised those before. And I was like, how sharp are they? Oh, my God. Well, it only really gets pointed out in the Batman Begins, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it's just there for design uh, beyond that. There's no kind of ergonomic reason behind it. It's just literally pointy ears. But they are quite sharp and pointed. I was like, oh, ouch, don't fall on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the ears I'm talking about, not That's... anything else. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like at this point where we see, because um, obviously Bob Kane was going to cameo in this film, but, but couldn't for he, various he reasons. He did. Um, he, 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 he was in the film. He was the guy in the... Um... In the press office, that hands uh, not Steve Gutenberg. I don't think that was him though. But uh, yeah, because I, I thought I thought the story went that he couldn't be in it, so instead he he drew this picture of, of Batman and obviously kind of okay. But I didn't know that was actually him. Well, I thought it was anyway. Well, it, uh, I might be wrong. I was talking. No, I, I was doing some reading and apparently that that's. I mean, Bat fans, um, get in touch with us. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but instead of having Bob Kane, you have you know his picture, um, his cartoon that he drew. Yeah, although most of most of the stuff we know about Batman is actually done by Bill Finger. Bill mm. K- Bob Kane was just very good at stealing all the credit. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a documentary about that at the moment, isn't there? I must I must see it. Well, I put fingering into. Um, <laughs> into <laughs> I don't want to see that. Nothing, nothing about. It. <laughs> Honestly, it told me nothing about Batman. But did, did, did he work very closely with um, Bob Wank? <laughs> <laughs> Kane and fingering are put in, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, so yeah, we he, basically all that stuff happens. Um, uh, Jack, uh, I'll do the fingering coming Jack, soon in Jack, the series. <laughs> Jack falls into the 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 vat, the vat of uh, bubbling paint. Despite yes. uh, Batman trying, yeah, there's a couple of little tricks here, like the bubbles actually sort of get sucked back in, so they reverse the film and things like that. But yeah, that's pretty he's... cool. That's quite a neat effect, actually. Yes, and it turns him white with green hair. <gasps> <gasps> Who knew? Yeah, we see his hand come up like all like scarred, like. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, you know, Batman's just kicking himself, even though he's just blatantly just kills people anyway in this film. Yeah, it's worse next week. I like next week's film more, but as a Batman film, it's just miles off. But yeah, he <laughs> it, it, it kills everyone next week. But yeah, um, yeah, it, I, I can't remember. Like we Superman, g- for example, who very rarely would take a life, hardly at all. And yeah, I just obviously they're very different people. You know, one being metaphor for supreme being, and other just ordinary billionaire vigilante. Yeah, but it is meant to be as one rule. To be fair. Well, exactly. I was going to say this is it. You, you know. I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it depend on like which take you're originally going on? I mean, the, the various degrees. Well, the very original background, Batman um, had guns and shot people, but for the first year or two of his existence, he was more akin to the Shadow. Yeah. But but the classic sort of takes on Batman, he doesn't tend to kill. Uh, when we get to the Nolan trilogy, 
there are scenes in it where you could argue, well, he killed there, didn't he? But I tend to think context dependent, I'm largely okay with it, that they do tend to just be outcomes of what happened. But there are, yeah, there are times in this version of the series, particularly next week, where he just outright kills people. Mm. Um, I'm not as pissed off by it as some, in that I'm quite happy to have those little cheats in the plot, providing that, like I say, Dark Knight Rises, you could argue he kills uh, Talia Ruggle. But the way that film is and the situation they're in, I kind of buy that that you you haven't set out to kill anyone you're not trying to kill anyone it's happened as a as an outcome of what you're doing i think when once you start putting guns in his hand and things like that like you know some of the scenes in batman superman i'm thinking you're right on the you're right on the cusp here of what would ever be acceptable if his rules meant to be that he doesn't kill um it doesn't bother me much in this film i have to say he did try to save him here yeah i i I guess I know you mean he's not just going in with machine guns, even though at one point there is kind of that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's not like, overly played. And plus also, again, there's, there's license to interpretation as well. I mean, again, it's like, what was the general public really that concerned with that element? Or do you just want to see a guy dressed as a bat fighting crime called Batman? They probably wouldn't know any different. Yeah. Um, so. So next we have um, Bruce and Vicky go on a date. They have that, that thing within the table. They, I they... never understood why they didn't just sit right next to each other. I know. <laughs> I mean, there were chairs right beside her. It's another Simpsons reference there. When there's an episode, well, one of my episodes where Homer and family go to Ben's mansion and it literally got Homer at one end, Marge is at the other end, and Homer's like, look how loud I have to yell. I and I just that. literally as soon as that scene popped up, I just thought, oh, so I'm just well, gonna, I'm just please spot all these random references. I mean, firstly, it makes him look tight as fuck because he wants to take her on a date, and it's just come to my house, right? <laughs> come to my mansion, don't you know? Then he then he goes in then he goes into like a room he's never been in or jokes yeah. he's never been. And that could be a joke, but either way, it's not a room that's very him. And then he sits about fifteen yards away from her. <laughs> I just Doesn't give find you a good impression. It's fucking bizarre, to be honest. I'd be like, worst date ever. But as as a little sort of visual gag and how isolated he is and that, yeah, it works. It works it, pretty. It's sort of maybe social awkwardness, maybe a little bit, kind of um, not really. But I, I think it kind of works well because then you get get to this bit where they just having like the dinner in the kitchen with Alfred, and it's just like a nice little, it's a nice little moment. Um, the there is like a, a bit of dialogue where he, he kind of like she's basically saying. This this so isn't new, like sort of this place isn't new, and he says, I don't know, some of it is very me, you know, and which I think is a subtle reference to like the the Batcave stuff, um, but it's not very. I've never taken it that way, but actually, I think you're probably right. I've always just taken it as it, he inhabits the part of the ha- parts of the house that he inhabits. Mm. The rest of it was just inherited, and so they're not really him. Actually, you're probably very right. Yeah, I mean, it's a very throwaway line, and I think it's only only picked it up on the um, on the recent viewing. And I, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's what that means. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was like a nice little um, little little moment, kind of kind of thing. Uh, and then uh, we, between that, we have Joker getting uh, getting well, Becca's favorite scene. That's what was ripped off The Simpsons. 
the reveal. Well, I don't know if ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not ripped off until you came before the other. No, 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 that was all our idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did it first. Mm. Well, I think a certain Matt Greening might have have words, you know. Um, no, I just that's where a lot of it for me comes from, really. Um, and yeah, I just sort of noticed them all the way through, you know, intentional or not. Um, just made me laugh. Um, but yeah, the um, also the scene where you know Joker's kind of being unwrapped, unveiled after his being burnt, nearly burned alive officially with chemicals and everything. Um, I must. I can't remember the name of the episode. I'm just going to look it up very quickly. It's the one where Lisa gets the dentist. It's like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, basically like yeah, yeah, they shut down. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they're done. It's showing the 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 history of British teeth, and it's like a horror. Thing. Um, yeah no yeah it's really funny it literally ends up obviously because they don't you know they basically don't have this dental plan so instead of wearing you know nice sort of braces that you can't really see and and puff out Calvin Klein's obsession or whatever it is every every 20 seconds she has to wear this horrible great big massive head brace which scares everybody and um, sounds a little helper is just like oh runs away in fear Um, and yeah it's literally that scene basically where she's like the mirror the mirror is basically from Batman yeah and then then manically laughs when yeah and the great uh, laugh of it as well and she's like oh there is no god Um, (laughs) I just think it's really funny that's one of my favourite episodes of all time (laughs) no but um, the the scene the scene is is pretty good because he's quite sort of aggressive at the end and he looks in his face and just goes insanely mad yeah you you see where it all comes from can't you I think it's it's a brilliant performance Um, I think there's probably quite a few other films I've that it's, it's been parodied in. It's one of those real sort of pop culture sort of moments, I think. Um, and yeah, he's just literally driven beyond bonkers due to it. Yeah, and then then he pretty, pretty much immediately goes to him like visiting um, Grissom and uh, his up. Over yeah. a woman. Over yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there's also a bit there that the coat he's wearing is purple. And some of that purple's got on, on his neck, and you yeah. can't unsee it once you see it. I know. I, I, I yeah, you've got the colourings coming there, haven't you? I, I, yeah, I only sort of saw that by watching on the special feet, or one of the special it's features. It's mentioned in the commentary, because yeah. um, Tim Burton just points it out and just says, I, I feel terrible about that. I, you know, med- I'm paraphrasing, because I can't remember what he said, but the gist is he points it out, and he's like, that's a mistake, and we wish we'd fix that. But, yeah. But you think so? It's like in, 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 the, in the thing you got to use the best take, and sometimes people don't realise these I, things. I don't give it a hard time, but yeah, yeah, it's something you can't really unnotice. It doesn't damage the film in the slightest. But yeah, you look but, at it and just go, oh yeah, yeah, I but, see that. But the thing is, though, it's only when it gets pointed out to you. You know, if if no one said anything, no one would know. That's the thing. That's the weird. I don't think I'd ever notice it. Yeah, yeah. You, if anything, you I, saw, I, you'd assume it was a shadow or something. But you think? Well, I saw that. I saw the commentary first over 10 years ago when these came out as special editions on dvd so um i've known for a long time and i've never not seen it since but before i'd, I'd never noticed yeah it's just one of those things isn't it but yeah he uh he he show he, he shows up does his uh joker thing and just shoots him dead and yeah. they the, there's that sort of classic wait till they get a load of me and he's like kind of uh oh yeah, no, that, that that's like a boy the the classic Nixon being thing, um, being Joker. Um, where do you go now? Well, all I remember now, I start losing track of specific scenes. I know he sleeps with Vicky, obviously, and oh yeah, hangs oh, yeah. upside Sle- down like a bat. S- sleeps on the first date, not during sex. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. Um, but then I sort of remember it just becoming the whole sort of Joker starting to poison people. 
Yeah, so it take yeah, it takes over the kind of the, the board, doesn't he, as such, and then has that massive press conference and sort of takes over T V. Yeah, he, 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 he electrocutes the guy with the buzzer, uh, at the things he takes over the company. Well, I say the company, the the, the, the he, he sort of announced himself as like Grissom's away, I'm 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 in charge now. And uh he he kinda of basically sort of says, No, nah, actually now I'm probably gonna kill them all and then one one of them tries to kind of announce himself as the new boss. Probably, probably yes, publicly, um, which is kind of weird. I'm the new crime boss. Well, I think it's one <laughs> of I think it's one of the things where he's not publicly a crime boss. Publicly, he's no, like he's not. He's taken over his bit. He's he's basically gone to the courthouse to try and get everything put in his name. I think. Yeah, uh, but again, it's like, I think it's like the first public public appearance of the Joker, and he, I, I I do kind of like how he just sort of like strolls after in. we see some mime from the Captain of Red Dwarf. Oh, yes, that... thank you, thank you. I was like, I oh. recognise that man. Who never ages. He looks the same. He always looks the same. same. Yeah, whenever I see him, he's just ageless. Even he pops up again later on in the series, and it was like, oh, he doesn't look any different. First of all, I was like, because um, I was like, that's not John Goodman. No, it's not. It's the chat from Red Dwarf. But Napier is. Oh, sorry, the Joker is basically mixing. He's mixing these various toxins into home health, home sort of beauty, beauty products. products. Yeah. Um, but they have to be used in certain combinations to, to sort of get them to work. So if you you may use a hairspray and a deodorant and that will do it, but not neither one alone. But people don't know that. That's one thing they, they haven't figured out. But he says what it is. No, but they see that later on in the film, um, don't we, where they kind of... They the newsreaders kind of look really kind of pallid and quite spotty. Because and... they can't use any cleaning or they they don't, cle- No, they clearly don't. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I do like how this played out because it's just so, like, Joker from the comics, kind of like that. this kind of an- anarchic, comedic kind of, kind of tone and, and the newscaster sort of starts laughing and then she dies and has, like, the... Dies joke, laughing, yeah. The Joker yeah, if, it, if it was a, if it was a uh, comic book panel, it would have a load of ha's all over it. It really yeah. would, yeah. Like, like yeah. I think Rather it's the way than it stays like that, it is kind of almost... like in fucking Suicide Squad. <laughs> no, that's terrible. Or damaged, like pan- written on it his forehead. It's pretty much panels, oh, no. isn't it? Because you've got TV screens laid upon TV screens. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like four, you know, four panel aspect, which I think is really clever. Yeah. Um, the next sort of, I suppose, big scene after all that is the art gallery. Yes. Oh yeah, because basically from the um, from that um, first assassination attempt on the steps, he he. Uh, he gets photos of uh, Vicky and goes like, "Oh, I want a boinker as well." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Co- I'm not content with doinking his bird. Yeah. I now want to doink Batman's well. bird. But, but also beyond this, he's also Joker. Joker's also getting annoyed at Batman because Batman's getting all the, the the press. It's like you know, they're kind of this town needs an enema. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever doinked Batman? He has some really good quotes in this Please movie. Please write to us at email. <laughs> <laughs> Do you expect us to talk at gmail.com? Yeah, so but but basically tricks Vicky into going to um, this kind of like art gallery slash restaurant. He says, like, <laughs> "Perhaps it's like a really upmarket IKEA." <laughs> Did she order the meatballs? <laughs> well, you, we don't know, don't we? That's the only reason you go to IKEA, isn't it? I mean, I imagine it. I imagine it's like a big art gallery, but it has a restaurant inside it. That's just like a, the, the fancy sort of place. Yeah, it does look like one big room, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it really does. Like, the sequence is pretty good, and we, we, here we get a bit more of the Prince soundtrack. Mm, quite good, I, I think. Can, this is a studio thing. I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine Tim Burton would have chosen Prince for this, but yeah, I think 
it, I think perhaps, yeah, I think I'm right in saying Prince was on a Warner Brothers label. I think yeah, they wanted yeah. uh, Michael Jackson, didn't they, originally? Well, I think it's just because he happened to be on the same label. Uh, yeah, whereas Michael Jackson was on a Sony label. Mm. But yeah, they happened to go to Prince just because he was sort of attached to Warner Brothers at the time. But no, I, you know, there's some really sort of catchy tunes that he does, and I think it's, he pretty much does put a stamp on this film, which is really I, good. I really like this bit. I mean, I, I do like the song Party Man. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> yes, it, I, it's great. In fact, in fact, when I saw him live, I was kind of like, heart, I knew he wouldn't, but I was kind of really hoping he would play Pi. <laughs> it just doesn't make me happy. But um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think this is kind of like a good sequence for Jack Nicholson as well. But just like... in case listeners out there want to play a clip of us um, to their friends, just give them a taste of what this is like, and we want to maintain our cool. <clears throat> Party Man's fucking shit, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's awesome. Oh, play along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I I like his Batman soundtrack. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you, you can kind of just like avoid bat dance. It's at the end. You can just sort of stop, can't you? <laughs> okay. That's a sort of cheesy bit at the end. But these two, the tracks that are kind of used in the film itself. I like the fact all these like henchmen get right into like fucking dancing and fucking moving. They do, way. they have yeah, get the big gun. Typically the guy like paints a bit on then sort of dances backwards a bit. I mean you get you get the impression that like uh, working for the Joker must be kinda of fun. Yeah, it has they, to be. They forget to smile. Well, well, but but, yes. but one of the things I noticed is that a lot of them seem to have facial scars, like he's like he, they have to have like scar them or or defigure them in some way. It's 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 kind of it's kind of odd. Isn't it? Not really backing up your argument. It's fun. No, well, here's here's the weird thing. Well, like the thing about Joker is it's really kind of like it doesn't make much sense when you think about it. How on earth does he get anyone to ever do anything for him? Because he because he's if he's one of these like random guys who will just kill you on a whim just because he thinks it's funny. It's not like you can buy his loyalty. Yeah, with your effort. Yeah. You just like you just like just you just. I mean, I, I, the only the only way it would work in the, in the in the case of like it would just control you by sheer fear, you know, just like which I can't. Whereas they don't look that frightened, do they? At this point, no, no, they like they all love it. They're all like you know with him. You get they get all they all get like their nice the the the, the company jackets all you know <laughs> all the rest of it. Um, Sorry, I just had an Alan Partridge image then. I imagine them all having Castrol GTX written <laughs> on the back. Um, <laughs> he, um, he gasses everyone there, and he's got Vicky there um, because she thinks she's meeting Bruce. Yeah. And Bruce gets a message saying she's running late, and he wasn't meeting her. So that's how Batman knows to go there. Uh, and he basically gives her a, a like a little miniature gas mask. Yeah. And everyone else is gassed. Which, if this was R-rated, that could be really nasty. I thought about that tonight. They're all lying there dead. Mm. That's a bit grim, dead. isn't it? It could be grim. I, in reality, obviously, the place would stink because they'd all void their bowels. But we'll dance. Yeah. The, the gas light goes away quickly, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> um, Maybe that's why it's not R-rated. But yeah, you know, you just it, it, it's one of those things where I, I just... Hardcore. I was 12. We just see like all the all these people like oh my god all those people have just died. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's pretty pretty brutal. But um... so we also see that he has. Um, we also know that he, he well we know that Jerry Hall's character's dead now. No so no 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 that's that's later on that's later on. I she, thought that was here. No, that's she, no, 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 no. That's much later on because you it, see, uh, she he turns up wearing a mask, doesn't she? Cause he, was that? Oh, alert! She's disfigured. Yeah, she, yeah. He's basically sprayed acid at her face. Yeah. Um, but I don't think her disfigurement is that 
bad to warrant. It's literally just a bit over an eye, isn't it? Like, mm. yeah. But uh, anyway, it's enough that yeah, she had to downgrade to, from Mick Jagger to fucking. <laughs> she likes the older man but but yeah she she tries to kind of like get information for for batman and she he does try to disfigure her as well she's a little small more flower it's all kind of like which is like you, you you you're you're in love with this girl i think she's something beautiful and you want to throw acid in her face yeah i know but okay well i guess it's joker isn't it he, you know he's crazy um so batman bursts in yeah uh, hold on, and where does he get these, these wonderful toys? And then yeah. they have a bat chase. Which was in all the trailers. Yeah. And you get basically get a big chase in the Batmobile. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon to the really... Batmobile here? I love the Batmobile. I think it's really cool. It's like so many gadgets, it's voice activated as well. I love the look of it. Again, it's sort of very deco, very slick. Um, again, I think there are some animated elements to it. Um, not voice activated like when you used to call the cinema. It's not like he's got to go grappling hook. <laughs> <laughs> I want to call Manchester. When I lived Did in you Cheltenham, mean New York? When I, lived no. in che- when I lived in Cheltenham, I had to say Cheltenham <laughs> on the phone. And I, I, had to say, I had to say it quite loud because loud, I think it gave me Chelmsford otherwise. So I had to say, not only did, 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 could I not say Cheltenham, but I had to say Cheltenham, but I had to say it really loud as well. I remember that for my dad did in Chippenham. It was like Chippenham. <laughs> Salisbury. Oh, I want yes. to see Unbreakable at Cheltenham. Did you mean Gladiator in Birmingham? No. Oh, unbreakable in Cheltenham. <laughs> I'd often be quite hoarse by the time I got to the cinema. <laughs> At which point you think I might as well just shown up. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good thing that you don't have to phone them up so often now. Jesus. See, now it's better because I can go to the internet and type in Cheltenham! <laughs> now, that, now you've just got apps and shit. You can just press a few buttons. Button. nowhere near there anymore. I'm just going to press this button. My oh. mouth! <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes, there's a... There's, <laughs> you get a back, you get a back chase, and uh, yeah, and, and he has to get a stop because there's like a, a truck parked there. So he goes, so he puts up, so he, they get out, put up, puts on his uh, his back lock, on his stop, his stop motion. <laughs> it is a bit stop motion, isn't it? Just a little bit. Yeah, it, it looks a bit. I think that's really cool, though. Yeah, it looks a bit funny seeing both him running down the street like in front of everyone. Then we we'll go, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Backfield. and he has as a as a fight with a few of them. We get the guy with the uh, the the swords going. Ha, 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 ha. I think that's 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 a bit um, racist. Yeah, as Becky said, we, we need to show that it's just your impressions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in keeping with those sort of films of the time, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's it's fat shames, but but it's the Indiana Jones thing, isn't it? It's the but exactly. Like... I can't half expected him to pull out like a back gun or something, or just because it was you know um, that's recently been on on TV over here in the UK um, this past weekend. Um, yeah, I kind of thought, oh, is it going to be one of those sort of scenes? You know? Yeah, well, he, he does have a little bit of a fight, I guess, but he does just kick him. <laughs> and... Literally, he's, yeah. This other guy is coming at him with you know a million moves, and he just goes. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, he. he, he... Yeah, <laughs> Shane's Vicky. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah, yeah I, I was quite offended by that, and I was like, "Hmm, you wouldn't well, get any of that now." Well, well no, to be fair, he could have, he could have meant like you're lighter. 
Yeah, there's okay. no, there's no, yeah, no, but oh, no, I'm, I'm trying to be like, no, objectionable. No, you said it could easily have been taken the wrong way, and it's just you wouldn't get away with that well, now. She does so. take it the wrong way. Anyway, let's gloss over that point. <laughs> Moving on. Go on. Sorry. Otherwise, we'll be here forever discussing the politics of Batman and next. No, I was moving on quite gently to sort of anal there. I was nothing to do with <laughs> Yeah, so he, 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 he takes he takes her back to the Batcave, and. and uh, <laughs> I like what, that. What, 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 what I really like at is. Sort of side eyeing her, that's really cool. And uh, yeah, but he has a like really convenient flashlight to kind of flash in her eyes when they try and like. <laughs> he can get I thought that was kind of like a handy little gadget. Um, and yeah, so he takes her back to the Batcave, uh, gives her like, tells her like, oh, this is what Joker's doing, report her back to the press, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah. He's, he's synthesised a cure, hasn't he, or something? He, yeah, that... he has. And... Yeah, he's managed to find out the cure. So. And he, and I think that's quite interesting, the, quite, the sort of meeting between like Vicky and Batman as well. I think that's quite... Takes the film from the camera and then basically, yeah... Yeah, she's. See, I think that's a bit pervy because she, when she takes a photo, she obviously puts a film down the front. So I'm yeah. kind of thinking, it's hmm, a bit but, you know, wherever it has just been, wakes up a bit, kind of groggy, don't you? Yeah, well, that just very I'll, rapey. I'll, I'll, yeah, I was, like, hmm. I was gonna say he should wear cozy sweaters in it, this. It, it is a little bit weird. Cause he, he basically knocks her out and she, and then she wakes up the next morning lying on a bed face down. <laughs> I just think, and why face down? Hmm, <laughs> very suspect. Very suspect. <laughs> It's very dodgy. Gave, Certainly, gave, 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 very dodgy. Gave her a mug of back coffee. Um, <laughs> sorry. Back um, I'd have put You wouldn't have them today. Uh, new back coke. Uh, <laughs> to a role in Batman Returns. Entered her for a couple of years. So anyway, she's got the thing to sort of mass... Oh, I'm to get confused with Batman Begins there, the thing to mass produce and that. But yeah, so he's worked out, he's worked out what's going on though, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's... Obviously, you know, Joker's not too impressed because he's just kind of ruined his plans. And how dare he? Yeah. <laughs> how dare he? Um... <laughs> I was going to take her to Cheltenham! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, basically we get like you know, Joker's Joker's pissed off. Uh, Alfred suggests sort of like maybe you should tell us uh, if you feel this way, and uh, and then Bruce, you get the scene where he goes back. So after like be, as Batman, he just dumps her on the bed, leaves her. He kind of returns back as Bruce Wayne, thinking like oh, I might as well. I think I'm I'm gonna try and tell her that I'm Batman. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, literally, just probably just not long woken up from being. <laughs> Passed out for, I, I I don't know. I mean, we don't a few know. Few hours. Yeah, probably. don't know how how he managed to do it with his... with a bra misaligned. <laughs> um, and he kind of goes in with the attention of trying to tell her that he's Batman. This is where kind of Keaton goes a little bit all like the comedic kind of goofy kind of guy, but he does say, "Sit down and shut up." <laughs> 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 you're a nice girl, I like you a lot, but sit down, shut up. <laughs> Which I kind of kind of like. But then um, Joker interrupts the whole whole proceedings. I don't really like this scene very much. It seems you know. to go on forever. Yeah, seems to take for ages as he tries to tell her, and then he starts telling the Joker some story, and then he launches a thousand memes with "Let's get nuts." 
that's brilliant. I like that, but I think that there's also the element of the fact that there's a, there's a dark, crazy edge to Bruce Wayne, though, that makes him. That's go... what Burton's going for, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's get nuts. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and obviously that's the bit where he sort of um, reveals that Jerry Hall's jumped herself off in the window. You know, that's he, it. Yes. He, he can't break. He, he, well, you know, he can't break an arm without breaking eggs. Um, that that can't break thing. an omelet without. Making eggs. <laughs> and, yeah, so... And is, is it wise for Bruce Wayne to sort of go like, I know who you are, to, to, to Joker? Is it, I mean, obviously, you know, it, does it really I don't matter? know. I just... I don't get the logic of this scene at all. I, mean, I, 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 I imagine he's just kind of goading him to shoot him so he can get out, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um, but, yeah, so... Yes, yeah, so he ch- challenges to the fight and the, the devil and the playable light as well, which kind of like goes, oh, you killed my parents! Which, to piss off loads of comic book fans ever, yeah, ever since. It's like, you may joke or kill you. Um, which apparently was, wasn't was uh, the screenwriter's intention. That was like a, a, t- a Tim Burton decision. Yes. Yeah, it was a re- it, they were Joe, Joe sort of chill in, a, in an earlier draft. Yeah. So there, there was that. Well, and it basically explodes, doesn't it? It's like a, a bigature, a big miniature of the company yeah. which just explodes. Never rubber, never rubber of man's rhubarb. That's another yeah. one I like. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so this is where he figures out it's Joker, and uh, and then yeah, so basically we get the scene where like, it basically this is kind of like my where the film really starts to fall apart, especially in terms of how it's plot and how it serves its characters. Um, it. It just kind of dances from that to like Batman in the Batcave, thinking like figuring out, oh no, it's um, the Joker killed my parents, and then next thing he knows, Alpha's just let Vicky into the Batcave. Yeah. And it's just like, well, where's the? Where the fuck do you get off, old man? Go and work <laughs> at B and Q. <laughs> well, it, it just, but but where's the exploration of that? Like, where's the? Like how we come to those conclusions, and plus, it's just kind of like there's no shock element to it as well. It's just you know, it's just like oh, right. there's there's Vicky. Oh, so you're yeah. Batman? Yeah, all right. I know, but the film is starting to nosedive. I yeah, mean, it is. it's given us a fantastically gothic city. It's given us a lovely vision of the Batman. It's not my best, my favourite look for him, but it's more along the lines of what I do like. Um. Um, and the third act is a mess, and we're about to sort of enter that now. Yeah. Well, basically, Joker. Um, well, we, we we get through this, but then Joker sort of decides, I know. Well, I'm going to change my PR, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go from like murdering God knows how many people to I know I'm I'm going to give away free money, and people actually buy this shit. I know. It's like no. it's like you know they're not part of you. He's th- appeared on telly saying like you could well die if you buy my stuff in the wrong order. You know, <laughs> but okay, fair enough. Yeah, and they turn uh, up for free money, and it's a big kind of. Um, it probably explains why they're such a small crowd. <laughs> I know it's a, car- it's, a, it's a carnival of uh, yeah, it's kind of a. Ca- I've had I've had bigger sort of dining tables, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, but, but, but we get and, we um, get another print song. Trust, we do yeah, trust. And Batman's uh, in the uh, in the Batwing. Yeah, Batwing. 
Or that um, plane, as I call it. Then, yeah, and then, and then so Kel Surprise, Joker decides to gas everyone. It's oh, no. like, surprise, surprise. Yeah, which, which is... Now, <laughs> when this was being written, we were in a writer's strike. Sam Ham was replaced with other people. and bit, They made this up as they were going along, and John Peters at the time, he of the giant spider in the third act, um, was kind of making this up, helping to make this up as he goes along. And he was having a fling at the time with Kim Bassinger. And uh, it's reported that um, Jack Nicholson got so fed up with this whole church stuff and going up the stairs and where are we going and what's the end game of this that he actually said to Kim Bassinger, he said, can you tell that bloke who's cock you're sucking to fucking find out what we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Heartwarming memories. (laughs) I think I like Jack Nicholson Jack just a little bit more for saying that. Yeah. They were all pissed off with this. They made it up as they go along. And yes, there are sort of bits of vertigo in it. And it does come to kind of a natural conclusion. Chris, you'll see vertigo in the next year or so because we'll cover it. for. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it, yeah. Okay. Um, um, there's a bit of that in there. But I think that's all like retrofitted in that once they started filming that, they went with a bit of that. But they started heading up the steps with no idea of what they were going to fucking have them do when they got there. So it's all very much like... Uh, it is. Just... And actually, it did look like she was going to suck his cock at one point. <laughs> Didn't it? She, what, what, she started what... kissing his arm and as she goes to drop Batman to Yeah, arm. yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of think it's, it's... I like the aesthetic of this big church being like a big skyscraper. Yeah. Um... It's just kind of, and I think kind of like the the the, the before that the the fight with the henchmen the henchmen's are kind is kind of fun. Well, it's you not know, that popular with elderly Britishness. No, but <laughs> um, but yeah, but but Joker's there like sort of with Vicky, and Vicky's kind of just there, helpless, not really doing much. Like she's not really resisting; she's just kind of like screaming at everything. She's wise not to, and the, the whole buttering him up thing. Yeah, I'm totally on board with. But there is certainly something in the way it's shot that it looks like she's about to take it a stage further before Batman turns up. As if to say, so she, that's where that's where she's leading. She's like kind of like she kind of like see, sees Batman's like finished fighting everyone and is like so she kind of like I'm going to work as a description. So I think she, maybe she probably was kind of like yeah. She, she goes to I'm, tell I'm gonna, Batman I'm, I'm oh, this make isn't him what think. it looks like, and he's like, "You got your mouth full. Don't talk with your mouth full." <laughs> she, she she's wiping like white makeup of her lips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wonder if it's completely reversed. I wonder if what he shoots is kind of flesh coloured. <laughs> oh, yeah. thoughts. Closing thoughts? No, no thoughts on that. <laughs> no, it just it just all descends very quickly, I think. Um you can like you're saying you can really tell that it was just made up on the spot and they were doing it as as they go along. Um It's not a shock to find this stuff out. No, no, it's really no. I mean, it kind of there's some kind of um, visual effects as, as well. I'm going to use. Yeah. Um, and there's a scene following on from the factory explosion, where it's obviously a model shot. But it's just literally. I mean, it's. I, I can't find the words. <laughs> but no, it's it's really obviously a model shot. And you just think really. Yeah, um, I, I, don't, just, I don't mind that. That's kind of like. A, it's part of its charm, yeah. isn't it? I guess. I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the, the bit that kind of gets me is the is the bit kind of like when he's in the Batwing and he's like aiming at Joker, and he's clearly like got a right centre on target, 
And she's she's been inside, hit inside of him. And it's it still just, misses. And it's even those two missiles, and it's like there's there's no even like kind of like force blowback from it. It's no like oh he gets caught by the the impact or or anything. It's just well what the what was the point in that? And then Joker pulls out this com- comedy gun. He's got this massive great big <laughs> gun with a great big long muscle, and it's just like what? <laughs> I suppose it's that's I kind of like that you trust, that's, you know. that, I suppose that's comic, comic booky Joker, but the the idea that he's actually gunning for him on target is like how the fuck can you miss from that? Obviously, you know, you, yeah. Batman, yeah, that, your target says some shit. You know, he's fine as well. How do you expect? <laughs> and also, how is the Joker bending his fucking knees if he's got that down his trousers? Exactly. I've been asked the same question myself. <laughs> hey, listeners, if you have any opinions on that, drop us an email at expect to talk at gmail.com. We mean the gun, not my sort of vague dick illusion. <laughs> not his manhood. Um, so yeah, we we get uh, and then we get the whole thing where basically Batman just punches Joker, and they have like this kind of like. I mean, Joker has, has this line because like, well, how mature you get? You know, like you made me, I made I made you, and I'm thinking, yeah, that is kind of like immature. This whole this shit. I know it's all yeah. I don't like any of this to be honest with you. And then, of course, they go as far, sorry to speed it on a bit, but they go as far as just killing him right off. What with the, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't mind how how they did it. Uh, I, I, I guess... I, yeah, no, I'm the same. I mind that they did it. I don't mind how they did it. Yeah, I, I guess, and I mean, at the time, you just accept it, because that's generally how films went. Uh, you generally... We've been trained to cinematic universes. Yeah, now. to kind of yeah. like... To kill the villain off at the end of the story usually happens, and I think, yeah, I think we well, just. They went on to make four Batman films, and you know, you think, well, if they got as far as six or seven, what the fuck would we have been left with? Yeah, we were struggling as it was. Five would have had the Scarecrow in it. Well, but... I think I think we were talking about um, possibly with um, the the new like the the possible sequel to Batman and Robin of bring back the Joker. Somehow. Right. Oh yeah, but that was going to be. Um... That was going to be um, uh, hallucinations from the jo- uh, the scarecrow. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I heard, but, but heard. probably, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just yeah, the third act is a mess in this film. It, does it destroy it? No, I still think this is a a, a good film. I still th- well, no, I don't, do I think it's a good film? I th- I do. I've always kind of liked this film. I saw it opening day, I think, and I remember being yeah, it was good. And that was as a 12-year-old where you think I'd be like, yes, best thing ever. And I've always been a bit like that about this. I, I like, I think it's an important Batman film. I don't think we would have got anything that followed without it. Um, so it starts the path from this to him being the sort of biggest superhero in the world, if you like, commercially speaking. So it's a very important film, but it, boy, is it a mess. Everything after the art gallery, I would say. Yeah, I, I don't. I, th- I think the film, the film's plot and and script is just messy. It's it's very holy. It's not not it's not very developed. It's very bare bones. But that's the only thing that really lets it down. Everything else is pretty well ha- um well, well, ha- yeah. well handled. And you know, as I said to uh, I said to in the in the beginning of this podcast, you know, it's not a very good film, but it's a great movie. Uh, it, it establishes. It it kind of gave what viewers really wanted at that time for for that time. I it suppose. is a landmark in cinema history, not just because it's yeah. Batman, but when when you think certainly of our lifetimes, and cinema goes way beyond our lifetime. But when you look at those standout films that you go, oh, that was the year of, you know, eighty five. You go oh, Back to the Future was that year. Yeah, eighty nine is. I mean, bear in mind, 
my favorite Indiana Jones film is Last Crusade. And I'm very fond of the Indiana Jones films, but say 1989 cinema to me, and Batman is the first thing to mind. Because it was the big movie. I mean, how many... I mean, I remember even being at school and seeing, like, drawing, like really good detailed drawing of Jack Nicholson's Joker saying, where did he get those wonderful toys? There was loads of, like, everyone just, like, wanted to do something with with this. You know, I remember the toys being on sale, everyone kind of had had Joker Joker action figures and Batman action figures and all, and all the rest of it. And, and you know, the, the, the animated series isn't the same design. Yeah. But the fact they went sort of gothic and a bit 40s influenced, that's got a bit of the Fleischer Superman yeah. in it as well, to be fair. But they used the music from this, and it's definitely inspired by the fact that this take existed. Definitely. Becca, what do you think? Yeah, undoubtedly, this is probably, well, the big movie of summer 1989, for sure. Um, I still kind of think, had we not had this film, even had like the Nolan series, for example. Even I know there's also a lot of reboots around the kind of like mid noughties kind of period. Um, but I think had we not had this, we perhaps wouldn't have the Batman that you know that, that we have today. I must hold my hand up and say I, I, I don't dislike this film, but I would probably prefer Batman Returns. Uh, but no, I sort of again I kind of view them as very much Tim Burton movies, and perhaps not so much Batman movies. They're just Tim Burton movies that happen to have Batman in it. Um, but again, that's that's no bad thing. Um, yeah, showing the origins of the character for sure, and they're very kind of trailblazing in terms of um, portrayals of the character. Certainly compared to Adam West's kind of very brightly coloured, comedic, very tongue-in-cheek kind of portrayal there. Um, but no, overall really enjoyed it. Did, didn't Adam West like uh, was thinking he, he might be cast as Batman in this? That would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Uh, it, it might happen. Adam West is still going. He might pop up. I, no. I I say you should have just cast Roger Moore. Say cast Roger Moore and everything. Yeah, just just cast him definitely for sure. But it would be like like for example, if Sean Connery had popped up in Skyfall, well, that well, would have been I, a bit weird. Well, well I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I am Adam Wee. Um... <laughs> you want me to oh, lift oh, oh. him up and hold him right next to me? I need a stuntman. Got a stuntman to do that. Or, 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 cast, or cast Roger Moore as a Joker. Where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs> Raise eyebrow. <laughs> I think of all the, all the, the you know, all the actors, he's probably one that probably <laughs> yeah, couldn't have been. Yeah, he would have sold that. Never rubbed on the fans, Rhubarb. <laughs> I can't imagine Roger doing that. I just really can't. I can imagine him rubbing everyone's Rhubarb, let's be honest. Well, doing that for sure, but so, I don't know. Anyway, that, that, having said, said that... There's a special features pretty good in this film, I must admit. They, they are. are. Yes, they were, actually. About three and a half hours of it, plus a commentary. Yeah, but really, inter- really interesting. The stuff. abysmal lack of special features on the Rocky series, I'm really pleased that there's quite a lot on this one. But I found it kind of like really engaging because it sort of gave you a glimpse of what Batman was as well as well as what the whole thing with the film was like. Having said that, the addition of Rock, the Rocky films I've got had plenty of special features on it. You, you had a cheaper version, Becca. Yeah, yeah. a different version. But I was just literally looking online as well for like books and stuff. I'm sure there are loads out there, but I just personally couldn't find much. But yeah, I'll be sending that on now shortly. So, having said that, Roger Moore might have been cast. We're we're not in the we're not in the know, Chris. What can we do about getting in the know? I think we need to ask Becca for some bat facts. Bat facts. Bat facts. And the same vein as Sanchez. <laughs> Sanchez. First choice for the Joker was Sanchez. He <laughs> <laughs> was too busy being Sanchez. And he was filming in Tiltenham. <laughs> 
I actually cried with laughter that really <laughs> I was like so I've got memories of doing the same on the only phone line. No. The um it's Did really you... dated now, but the the, the um the, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer is pretending to be movie phone is really funny. Oh my god, movie phone. I remember that. Oh my god. There's, there's a I maybe it's on YouTube, just that episode or just that clip. Right, people are, are dialing the wrong number and getting him. So he's got like the newspaper in front of him and he's pretending to be movie phone. <laughs> it's really funny. But anyway, bad facts, Becca. Bad facts. Bad facts number one. Um, obviously, this film, well, Tim Burton's coming in a very sort of like gothic look to it. Um, in terms of its colour grading, it has to be graded a bit higher because um, in test footage, the audience couldn't see what the hell was going on. So they had to grade the colour a little bit higher so we could see the action. Um, I'm not going to get technical about that. That's as far as my technical knowledge goes. Um, so in other two, words, you're not, you're not going to get technical because you don't know. Because I, I, I do the better yeah. facts. Me no no. Um, yeah. Any experts out there, drop us an email. Please do. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, fun fact number two. Well, kind of a fact, kind of opinion. But obviously, um, Tim Burton was hugely influenced by Terry Gilliam and his 1985 film Brazil, which I personally love. Obviously, the look of the city in that film and Gotham very much the same. Um, that's opinion. That's opinion, but I think it's kind of a fact. No, it is uh, a fact if he's influenced, yeah. Fact number three, as we mentioned earlier, obviously, summer 1989, this was the big movie. Um, Batmania reached its peak. Um, at the time, um, $750 million worth of merch sold. And fun fact number four, which again may be conjecture, but I think is really interesting. Um, arguably, the success of Batman helped finance Michael Moore's first documentary, um, Roger and Me, um, about the decline of the car industry in Flint, Michigan. Um, Did it really? They, I love that had, film. Uh, yeah, it's really, no, really interesting, I think. Um, but yeah. again, it's probably more, the more you read about it, it's probably more like sort of opinion and, and circumstances. It was just happening <coughs> at the that, right time. When I, when I first saw it, I remember it was about 14 years ago, and I was on sort of a visit with work the next day. So I was in like a hire car with some people. We were chatting about mm. TV. Okay. And they said, what did you watch last night? And I clearly said the title too fast because they all fell about laughing. They honestly thought I'd watch something called <laughs> yeah, so Rogering Me. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just think it's quite interesting because obviously they're, from the success of Batman, um, what was they were able to, you know, to buy that documentary for about $3 million, um, as far as my reading has, has allowed me to find out. Um, but fact number five, um, obviously we talked earlier about Pierce Brosnan being thought of, you know, and turned down the role of, of Batman. Um, Robin Williams was offered the role of of the Joker, um, but he, just while Jack Nicholson, uh, pardon, uh, Robin Williams. Oh, okay. The late great Robin Williams. I miss very dearly. He, he wanted um, to play Riddler, though. That was his uh, role. That was it, yeah. I think what, what happened there was, as, as my understanding goes, um, Jack Nicholson kind of wavered and thought, oh, shall I, shan't I? So they kind of offered the role to, to Williams, but not kind of not seriously. And then when he sort of found this out, he sort of was like no I refuse you know you weren't taking me seriously you weren't there is precedent know. for that there, there is precedent for that because if yeah. you look at if you look at the untouchables which turned mm. 30 years old in the last couple of days actually yes anniversary um, coming up that has um Robert De Niro as Al Capone uh now what happened when he was wavering is they offered it to Bob Hoskins mm. who actually is looks kind of a bit like he did in that film yeah. And they paid him a quarter of a million and said, look, we, we want him, but if we can't get him, 
we'll you've you. got the role. If if we do get him, keep the money. And again, there was very, very similar with um, Diamonds Are Forever with John Gavin. That's it. I knew it was John it. something. I nearly said John Glenn. That wasn't right. Oh. John Gavin. Yeah, it was the same situation. He got he got paid a certain amount of money and cast with no real intention that he would play the role. So I can believe that. I think Robin Williams is almost bordering on the too big to be put in that situation without being an insult. I, I've always heard that it was um, Tim Curry was second choice. If Jack Nicholson didn't do it, he it would have gone to him. I think Jim Tim. I think Tim Curry would have been a better choice. You say Jim Curry then, weren't you? No, 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 not Jim Curry. Coming on to next Jim, week. Jim Curry. Jim, that actor that no one knows about from Canada. <laughs> Um, uh, no, Tim, Tim Curry would have been a better choice, in my opinion, than Robin Williams. Yeah, but and that's not to knock Robin Williams. So I just I, think it would have been better. I don't know how true that is, though. Whether he was actually the the guy in, in line waiting, while if if Jack. Well, we know first choice was Roger Moore. <laughs> I, I just think I just think that's interesting. That could have been. I mean, obviously Nixon is, is known for that role, and he wrote he made it his own. But I think obviously, I mean, I'm big fan of Jim Carrey as well and obviously you've got the riddle later on which I think is, is hilarious um, he, he does show but up but I just Jack think it would have been really interesting he does uh, show up for this uh, Jack Nicholson he, you know, and, and being from the special features he, you know, he's in he's interviewed he's still enthusiastic and kind of proud of it he's kind of he still yeah, speaks for yeah, this he, sort of, he talks about it now I think he's he sort of views it as one of the, the best roles that he, that he ever did you know in his career um, which, which is nice I think is it's quite nice for him to do that, you know, something that he sort of looks back fondly on, rather than goes, "Oh no, it's so embarrassing." As know. well as making a shit ton of money on the merchandise. Well, exactly. Yes. That, yeah, he's, he's got reasons to be grateful. Million from this. Yeah, because that's that's his deal. They managed to get him uh, not for his usual salary, but uh, a cut. No, very the, high uh, salary. He got quite a lot of time off as well. Yeah, like he didn't have to be on set till quite late. He got quite a lot of perks for this film. Yeah. And he very nearly got blown by Kim Bassinger if you watch that. <laughs> <laughs> if you look closely at the scene, you'll see here. <laughs> so are we fully are we fully facted? Yes, I've only got five fun facts today. Uh, I think I might fa- keep that. That's fully facted, folks. <laughs> fully facted fact facts. May two of which may not have been facts. I think they were. I think they can. No, I was trying to find. I was trying to look up. Literally, I just typed in Batman facts. Um, and that might come don't, up when I thought was very interesting. This is the process. They think <laughs> you're, you know, given these by God up on a mountain. <gasps> now, where possible, I will source them from my own knowledge, but sometimes I do have to go back. Or bat alternate facts, as you're not too sure. The... <laughs> <laughs> the, the fake news. The fake news. Fake news, fake news. <laughs> oh, God. They talk to me about fake news. Bloody hell. Anyway. I might throw in, I might do like ones that I make up myself and ones that are true, and you have to sift. Yeah, let's, let, let's not let's not piss with a cracking formula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we're on social media now, guys. Uh, where where are we? Where can you find well, us? I'm at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter, where I spent most of the last night complaining about fucking politics. But I don't normally do that. It's normally dick and fart jokes. What about you, Chris? Uh, I'm hardcore film analysis, of course. Um, yeah, you can find me at Cinematronics, where I barely tweet these days, and uh, you can find. Uh, find my website at Cinematronics Good Day, which I primarily only upload this podcast. So if you're listening to it, it's not very much point. But yeah, there's, but there's there are sh- others there. There are others there, and hopefully there will be some more coming, coming soon. Well. Coming soon, yes. If not, I'll be on it in about the autumn, because Chris will go, <laughs> Chris will go fuck about time we did one. So look out for mine and Chris's summer review. <laughs> <in about laughs> and your podcast. Yeah. 
<laughs> Annual review. Well, that's good. That well, sums I've up everything. The last three, and it was ad hoc every time. <laughs> so. That's the best way to be, I think. Okay, Becca, what about this show and stuff and you? Yeah, I don't tweet much these days either, so I won't bother with that. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Expect Us to Talk on facebook.com slash expect us to talk you can also hop on over to youtube and type in you can also hop on girls hop on over hop on uh hop along cassidy um yeah to youtube and type in do you expect us to talk and you'll find our youtube channel on there and if you want to drop us an email which is probably going the way of snail mail you can email us over at the expect us to talk at gmail.com or you can send a pigeon if you do want to do snail mail and yeah don't forget carry a pigeon also yeah, well, or, or you can send a snail with a letter. <laughs> 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 like postal, you know what I mean? It's called yeah. snail mail. The trouble <laughs> is they have real trouble driving those fucking vans. <laughs> <laughs> if only we can get the pigeons and the snails to work together, we'd be minted. I mean, they're sent out with their bag of letters. By the time they get to the van to drive it anywhere, it's fucking the next day. I, I, just, <laughs> I just keep like, picturing the, the, the snail just like get... <sighs> Just like sort of going along the road, like at a snail's pace with his letter in his hand, <laughs> letter in his mouth. Going, One letter <laughs> wouldn't be the most cost-effective. Uh, taking taking years to get to your house. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> and then you open the door and you tread on him because you don't see him. So uh, <laughs> you have delivered your parcel, really? Where? <laughs> Following the silver trail of, of slime that they leave. Yeah. Well, anyway, we we <laughs> shall return. But what else will happen, Becca? So that means, do you expect to talk or return with Batman Returns? All this returning is going to make us thirsty. The Dark Knight Returns and the Return of Superman Returns returns. Batman Returns. <laughs> Premier Regan, Justin Ham. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>